RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The Kansas City Royals faced the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium for a Sunday afternoon game on July 24, 1983. The Royals entered the game with a 500 record under manager Dick Hauser. The Yankees, managed by Billy Martin, were fighting it out in the AL East with a 52 and 40 record. This is the infamous Pine Tar game, named for the controversial ending that involved Billy Martin protesting the condition of George Brett's bat. The protest was later overturned and we've included the audio from the continuation inning that occurred nearly three weeks later at the end of this broadcast. The recording is from the audio of the local Sports Channel in New York television broadcast, featuring announcers Frank Messer and Phil Rizzuto. Well, uh, with the ball game just about ready to start, quickly the lineup for visiting team, the Royals, Willie Wilson leading off, Newell Washington batting second, George Brett third, Hal McRae fourth, Amos Otis batting fifth, Batting sixth, the first baseman, John Waffen. Then we'll get Leon Robertson left. Frank White at second. Don Slott catching. And we already have shown you Bud Black, the left-handed pitcher for the Kansas City Royals. Willie, here are the Yankee lineup. Burt Campaneris, Greg Nettles, Lou Pinella, Don Baylor, Dave Winfield playing center field, batting fifth. Steve Kemp, Steve Balboni, Roy Smalley, Rick Cerrone, and Shane Raleigh's first pitch. It's a foul out of play by Wilson. Wilson batting a 280, a home run, 20 runs batted in. This is a final meeting uh, this season between the Yankees and Kansas City. Meeting number 12, the Yankees have won six, and the Royals five. Shane Raleigh, Bobby Mercer, has pitched well in his two starts against Kansas City in Kansas City. He beat them both times. He's won both games. He's 2-0 and against Kansas City and uh, seems to have them pretty well tamed. Uh, we'll see what happens today. He's done it mostly with fastballs. Yeah, well, Shane, uh, if he has any problems, I think it's more or less uh, timing problems. He likes to pitch fast, and he likes to get the ball and just turn around and throw it again. And he's been very impressive this year, even though he has a 9-8 and uh, record. Count remains one ball and two strikes on Willie Wilson. It'll be Wilson, UL Washington, and George Brett against uh, Shane Raleigh. Well, you know what happens when John Amaranti sings the national anthem. Yeah, we get canola. Five pounds worth. <laughs> you got to work out another week. Well, Rizzuto always gets the cannolis, and then he sort of distributes them up here to the rest of uh, our people. Here's a breaking ball that Wilson fouls off his left foot, and that smarts a bit. Hey, Willie Wilson wearing new balance shoes. You don't see too many of those. Baseball spikes. I didn't even know New Balance made baseball spikes. They make a good uh, running shoe. That's a change up. Looks like there's room for Balboni in foul territory off first. One away. I wear New Balance tennis shoes once in a while. Pro players. Or wear them all. A lot of shoes around today. A lot of competition in the area. UL Washington, the shortstop. He's batting 233 with two home runs and 25 runs batted in. Got some nice syrup today from the Don Chacon family. Chacoin from up in Burlington, Vermont. There's a lot of Yankee fans up there. Washington takes a strike.
Lifetime Raleigh with five wins, two losses against the Royals. That'll be out of play, no chance. It'll make the upper deck two strikes on UL Washington as we look at Rick Cerrone. By the way, Butch Weiniger has a pool groin and he probably will not play unless there's an emergency this afternoon. I don't think that, uh, excuse me, Bill, I don't think that Shane Raleigh has really reached his full potential as a pitcher. I think he's still learning, and uh, we take a look at Butch Weininger there, who has that uh, slightly pulled groin. And he caught him looking. A good fastball. Evidently, Washington either looking for a breaking ball or the ball away, and he got the ball on the inside corner. Take a look at it here. It was a fastball that started uh -oh. on the inside part of the plate. And was stayed on the inside part. I, right I think there. that missed. <laughs> I think that missed. Well, when you got two strikes on you, you can't, uh, you got to become a defensive hitter up there. If anything close, you got to be hacking at it. <laughs> I think he caught UL Washington off guard. You might have also caught Tim McClellan, the home plate umpire, off guard. Whatever it is, it's a big strikeout. McClellan behind the plate, Drew Coble at first, Joe Brinkman at second, and Nick Bremigan umpiring at third base. And this is George Brett. He's hitting 352, 19 home runs, and 62 runs batted in. George is having a big home run year this year. He's uh, got 19 home runs. Uh, we take a look at it on our screen. Uh, he usually hits about 15 home runs and hits somewhere in the 380 category as far as average is concerned. So he's having a big home run year this year. Yankees have pitched him away much of the series, and he hasn't adjusted. He sort of reached for the ball away instead of charging out there and getting it. Just like that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, in Yankee Stadium, uh, there's no other place to pitch George Brett in the way and uh, let him hit it out there towards that 430 sign. We can see George, well, he has good weight shift. And he yeah. was, even though that was a change up, an off speed pitch, he was right on it. One and two on Brett. Two outs, nobody on, just underway from the stadium. Shane Raleigh against the Bud Black. And that's a base hit. Hung that curveball, and Brett gets his base hit. He'll hold it first base. That's the game's first hit. Well, that pitch there also was a uh, changeup, but uh, our breaking pitch, excuse me, and it didn't break down and away from George Brett. It just kind of hung up out over the plate, and George just lines it right into center field. Here's Hal McCray, the designated hitter. He's batting 327. And Nettles in time, put out 5-3, and the side is retired. No runs, a base hit, and one man left on base. At the end of one half inning of play, the Royals nothing, the Yankees are coming up. Well, back in the stadium, Bud Black will be pitching to the Yankees here in the bottom half of the first inning. On the scoreboard, a uh, nice league game. Montreal leading Houston 2-0 early in the ballgame. And the Giants leading Pittsburgh 1-0 in the fifth inning. Well, Bill, the Yankees have got Greg Nettles back in the lineup now, so uh, we assume that his uh, bruised shoulder is all right. Still have three people on the disabled list. Ken Griffey, Willie Randolph, and Rudy May. I think they've all been working out. And they all, with possible exception of Rudy May, might be ready to go. But there are roster problems. Yeah, they got some more roster problems. Also, uh, Andre Robertson has a slightly bruised right hand. 
And Oscar Gamble has a slight groin pull, too. So that'll Gamble update. fall off the bench? <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, get on me for that. Well, yeah, so will Juanita. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Whatever, that updates all the injuries on the Yankees. Oscar certainly would like more playing time. When he plays, he contributes. I don't blame him. Here's Burt Campaneris leading off against Bud Black. We're playing the first inning of a scoreless ball game. Campaneris batting 347, no home runs, and six runs batted in. Burt did a fine job last night of filling in at third base for Greg Nettles. Here's Oscar. He's always happy. Happier, though, when he's getting a chance to swing the bat. It's a ball and a strike on Campaneris. You got to give Billy Martin a lot of credit for giving Burt Campaneris an opportunity to play baseball again. What an asset he has been to the Yankees. He's hitting 347 now. He's played like it. Uh, he's about 23 years old. Says he loves the game. Figures he can play three or four more years. Well, I don't know. The way he's playing right now, I wouldn't see why not. Well, he's an old-fashioned type player. He gives himself up. He doesn't play for Campaneris. He plays for the team. He plays for the team, and he plays to win. UL Washington has good range, and he throws out Campaneris. That's a 6-3 to three foot out for the first out. We'll take a look at it again, Bill. That's a fastball up and in on Campy. It kind of got in on him a little bit. Bud Black makes a big leap, but could not come up with it. Was not hit that hard, but UL Washington right behind the second base bag goes ahead and makes an easy play of it. Well, there's one down. Here's Greg Nettles, Yankee captain and third baseman, hitting 271 with 12 home runs and 41 runs batted in. That Montreal-Houston game in the uh, third inning, it's Montreal 2, Houston nothing. Ball one to Nettles. Nettles missed a couple of games with a sore shoulder as we look at the Yankee bench. Billy Martin to the forefront. Got a peek at his cap. Two balls, no strikes on Nettles. Well, I see Robin Yount will be lost for several days to the Milwaukee Brewers. He has a lower back strain that will not help the Brewers. Brewers right now game behind the Yankees in the American League East. See if Brett has room in foul territory. Looks like he does. Right on the top step of the dugout for out number two. Nettles fouls out to Royal third baseman George Brett. Got under it. Yeah he got under it. He was just a little bit behind it and uh, when you do that you either hit a weak ground ball towards the left side of the infield or you do what he did there. He pops the ball up. Here's Lou Pinella batting a 306, two home runs, 16 runs batted in. Lou went two for three last night and he scored the Yankees' first run. Everybody singing Pinella's praises for the job he's doing with the Yankee hitters this year. They, they ought to because. Uh, He's helped a lot of those guys out in the uh, Yankee lineup as far as hitting is concerned. Lou doesn't mind talking hitting and he knows a lot about it. And Pinella takes the strike. You know if you're a guy that's a good hitter and uh, knows a lot about hitting not a lot of times you you can. You know convey the words to uh, another hitter that they'll understand but Lou Pinella has that art. It's a ball on the strike on Pinella. There's Yogi Berra the Yankee first base coach. And Hall of Famer over third base, Don Zimmer. You think Lou will ever manage? 
Lewis said he you? doesn't uh, want to hang around baseball when it's over. I don't believe him, but that's what, what he said. I don't believe him either. Do you think he'd be a good manager? Yeah, because I think he uh, he's tough enough. Uh, he'll, he's a yeller and a screamer, and then for the most part, those guys seem to make better managers. They don't know if he's going to hit him with the bat or hit him with the fist or what. <laughs> <laughs> two and two on Pinella. Well, we've got some of Amarante's uh, cannolis up here, Bobby Mercer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put those things away from me, please. <laughs> Give Jimmy Hunter some. Three balls and a strike on Pinella. Two men out, nobody on, no score in the bottom of the first. That'll be out of play. You know, even though the Yankees have a lot of injuries, Bill, uh, and uh, with the depth and the bench that they have, they can just keep putting guys in there and never hurt themselves. That's what they've done. That is the. Uh, that's a good point for a strong ball club because uh, in order to play 162 games and win the championship, you've got to have a lot of bench strength, and the Yankees do have that. Well, I feel that in September that should be a big plus. Oh, absolutely. And nobody should complain about being tired. Brett at third, and Pinella's out, and that'll retire the side. Three up, three down at the end of one. The Yankees nothing, and Kansas City nothing. You know, Bill, uh, eight of nine uh, wins that Shane Raleigh has have been complete games. He's a strong, uh, he's a strong young gentleman, and uh, he seems like he can just throw all day long. He yeah, throws he... a lot of pitches during a ball game, too. Live arm. Otis takes a strike. We're in the second inning, no score. It'll be Otis, uh, Wappen, and Leon Roberts against Shane Raleigh. Did you get that uh, cannoli down? Yeah. Good. Otis batting 270, two home runs, 24 runs batted in. And it's strike two. Amos Otis normally gets a good cut at left-handers. Sometimes against right-handers, he'll back off a little bit, but he likes left-handers. Almost started that uh, right hand up. McClellan, uh, he went halfway. Yep. Halfway don't count. No, McClellan almost started up. Now oh, he's... <laughs> watch, watch that right shoulder. Watch that right shoulder. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he had it halfway, and uh, bitch got on him a little bit over the Yankee bench. Did, and... and good play by Balboni. Balboni with a good play at first. Glad to see Steve make that play. The other day, a guy hit a ball past Balboni that hurt the Yankees. Well, it kind of took a bad hop. This was one of those do-or-die plays, and it's just a one-hop shot right to the left of Steve Balboni, and he dives and makes an outstanding play. I think an infielder, no matter what the situation is, has got to always feel the ball's going to be hit to him. And I think sometimes, uh, if a right-handed batter's up, a first baseman has a tendency to relax a little bit, and you can't do that. What you're saying is that you've got to be ready at all times. Yep. John Waffen. And he takes low ball one. Sharon a little bit upset with that call. Well, you know, uh, Balboni's a big guy, but he had good reaction on that play. Two balls, no strikes on Waffen. He's batting 272 with one home run and 24 runs batted in. 
The Yankees on a hot streak. We have eight of their last nine. And they're eight and two on this homestand. Three balls, no strikes on Wathen. And it's three and one. You know, if Shane Raleigh has a problem, it could be that he goes inconsistent too many times and he just hadn't figured out a way yet that when he is inconsistent that he can work his way out of a jam that he gets himself in. And it'll happen normally one time a ball game. You'll have one, one really bad inning. Bad inning. Right. Yep. That'll be out of play. Strone giving chase. But it's well back in the seats. Three and two on John Waffen. That's the reason I don't think that Shane Raleigh has reached his potential because as soon as uh, you know he learns to work himself out of those jams when he becomes inconsistent We'll take a look at uh, Gaylord Perry, uh, the That's guy that I, guy I call the old That's goat. why you're up here. <laughs> right. He, he, drove, he almost drove me nuts, this guy. <laughs> I'm about three-quarters away gone. <laughs> Misses with the slider, and that's the first walk of the ball game. Wathen at first base. you got to really watch Wathen. He looks like he cannot run. But uh, he's an excellent base runner and he's an excellent base dealer. Well, what they want to keep him, they want to they want to make Waltham start uh, stop at first base because he takes like a running uh, jump off of first base. Watch him, he'll start walking off of there and uh, well, he's stolen 18 bases in 22 attempts this year. He's usually uh, when he tries to steal, he usually is in motion before the uh, pitchers even throw the ball to the plate. This is Leon Roberts, the left fielder who broke up Guidry's shutout bid last night with his third home run of the year. And he had an idea of bunny. <laughs> but he got the bat back, so it's a ball. 1 0 on Roberts. Martin doesn't like that call. No, I think Billy thought that he made an attempt to bunt. We'll take a look at it here. And, uh. Yep, he kept it down there a long time. That was one of those halfway deals again. So we'll give, uh. Oh, we'll give the umpire. Behind the plate. 0 oh 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I tell you, if they only miss two all game, they've done a good job. Yep. They have a lot of calls to make. Raleigh making sure Wathen stops at first base. Well, you've got to stop him over there because if you don't, he'll just keep walking off that bag, and the next thing you know, he's gone. And a base it up the middle as Wathen was on the move and he'll go on to third base. And the Royals on a Leon Roberts single have runners at first and third base with one away. Looked like a hit and run to me Bill. We'll take a look at it. Wathen takes off on the pitch and uh, the ball is out over the plate and Leon Roberts almost positive it was a hit and run and they executed it well. And here's Frank White, the second baseman. He's hitting 246 with six home runs and 46 runs batted in. We're in the first, second inning, and the Royals are threatening. And the changeup is struck. No score in the game. Yankees would like to turn two here on Frank White. And that's out of play. Two strikes on White. Weather holding down the crowd somewhat. First two games drew in excess of 40,000 each. This game uh, might be a little smaller, the crowd. One ball and two strikes on White. Yankees and Kansas City have always had a pretty good rivalry. 
many times that they've played championship games. Uh, and the Yankees used to kind of dominate them in championship games until 1980. That could be two. There's one. Smalley better hurry. Did not make it a run scores. Wathen scores and the Royals lead one to nothing on the four side at second base. Well, Frank White has good speed, and uh, even though this ball was hit sharply to uh, Bert Campanaris, he coming up with the ball and going to go ahead and make the, the first play to Roy Smalley at second, but with the speed of Frank White, he beats out that play, which allows a run to score. And White to pick up a run batted in his 47th of the year, and the Royals lead one to nothing. And that'll bring on Don Slott, the catcher, a 239 hitter, and he takes the ball. I think a hitter knows that when he's in a double play situation with a guy at third base, I think in the back of their mind, they know if they hit the double play, they don't get that RBI. Makes them hustle down that line a little more. Well, the Yankees needed two there to get out of the inning without the run scoring. And just missed it. A ball and a strike on Don Slott. Well, the Royals come out early uh, doing their type of game. That's how they play, hitting and running and stealing bases and trying to force the opposing team uh, to make mistakes. Well, that play by Balboni at first base looms as large. They could have had a real big inning going yep. if uh, Bonesy hadn't made that outstanding play. That'll fall, base hit. See if White will try to go to third. He will, and Pinellas throw will have to be into the cutoff man. So Slot got jammed for a looping single to right. White goes to third. But once again in the second inning, the Royals have runners at first and third, this time with two outs. And Willie Wilson is the batter. Well, Raleigh's made some pretty good pitches. He's just been a little unlucky. He, uh, when he had the double play situation, he made a, a Frank White hit the ball on the ground, but they could not go ahead and complete it. And he made a good pitch on slot there, which he got jammed a little bit and just looped it out into right field. Here's Wilson, who fouled to Balboni for the opening out of the ball game. Strike one on Wilson. Take it himself as Balboni went away from the bag, and that'll retire the side. The Royals pick up one run on two bases. They leave two men on base. At the end of one and a half, the Royals lead the Yankees one to nothing. Don Baylor, who Bobby Mercer has driven in the game winning run the last three Yankee wins. He'll lead off against Bud Black. Baylor is uh, 10 for 16 in his last four games. So uh, it's beginning to hit that ball and hit it hard and uh, getting some good big key hits for the Yankees. Scotton's batting average up to 301 with 11 home runs and 44 runs batted in. And Baylor takes the strike.
one and one game winning run batted in last night for Baylor was his fifth of the year. Dave Winfield leads with 12 game winning runs batted in. Leon Roberts pounding the glove and left one away. He just got under that ball Bill. The ball was right there. He just happened to get underneath it. Dave Winfield had a day off yesterday. He's back out today with his 252 batting average. It doesn't. Uh, even though Dave has uh, struggled a little bit lately, uh, the last two or three weeks, he, like you said, he leads the American League in game-winning RBIs with 12, and he is also tied in triples with seven, along with uh, Larry Herndon and Alfredo Griffin, and he is sixth in the American League with 61 runs batted in, and he has 15 home runs. So when he does get a hit, it's been productive. Two balls, no strikes on Winfield. Royals leading one to nothing. We're in the bottom of the second. One out, nobody on for the Yankees. Bud Black, who started the season at Omaha, he's won four, lost three for the Royals since being called up. That's a drive that will not be caught. That is gone. Winfield hitting one into the Yankee bullpen. Dave Winfield has just hit his 16th home run of the year and tied the ball game up. And you know what happens every time a Yankee hits a home run. Hey, Dave Winfield, this bud's for you. That ball might have gone into the enclosure that holds the monument. It did. We'll take a look at it. Here reminds me of you when you hit from the left side. I mean, he just <laughs> nailed this ball, and he didn't hit it in the air. He hit it right on the line. That ball goes all the way out into left center and almost into the monuments. I think it did go into the monuments out there. I'd have to hit it twice to get it that far. That's about 450. <laughs> so Winfield, 16th home run. We've got a 1-1 tie here in the second inning, and Steve Kemp takes the ball. I'm sorry I said that's the way uh, you used to hit him from the left side. You looked at me like you wanted to hit me. <laughs> and Kemp to White at second. Bad hop, but it's played. And there are two outs. Oh, he got all of that one. <laughs> and Dave is happy. We'll take a look at it here and see if we can see. The ball went right in. Just dropped right in there where the monuments are. I mean, he nailed that ball. Yes, he did. Woo! And this fella can hit that ball in there, too. Steve Balboni, a 231 hitter with two home runs and eight runs batted in. He really hasn't gotten into a ball yet here at the stadium. I've seen him hit some long balls, and especially in spring training, but I've never uh, so far since he's been in the big leagues with the Yankees, I haven't really seen him nail one, like you said, that he's capable of. Yankees won, Royals won. We're in the bottom of the second. And Balboni takes high. I think Balboni's pitch selection is becoming a little better. He's not swinging wildly. He's still swinging and missing, but he's not swinging wildly anymore. 
That's a foul ball off third. Well, I've said it uh, a few times and probably quit talking about it, but Steve Balboni, uh, his out pitch is the breaking ball, and uh, like I said, I'm a little surprised that Steve has not adjusted to it a little more as many breaking ball pitches that he's seen. I think the key is not being able to play every day. He's for him to adjust to that. He's got to go out there day after day after day and see it in game situations. Well, the only problem with that, you might not be able to do that with the Yankees. No. Two balls and a strike on Balboni. You've got Mattingly at first base. You've got Smalley at first base. You've got Ken Griffey coming off the disabled list pretty soon. Who can also play first base. Popped up. Brett. That's in foul territory and it's out number three. The Yankees pick up a run on a Dave Winfield home run, his 16th of the year. And at the end of two, it's Yankees one and the Royals one. Third inning, a 1-1 tie, and the count on you all Washington is no balls and a strike. Back up the middle, and Campanaris plays a high hop. One away. UL Washington now 0 for 2. He has struck out and bounced out. That was a high pitch. He was trying to get on top of it. He just got on top of it a little too much. And here's George Brett who singled up the middle in the first inning. Best hitter in baseball. George Brett. Yeah. How about Carew? I can't say Carew is the best hitter in baseball. How about that first baseman with Boston? Wade Boggs? Yeah. No. You can sting it. No? No. And Brett takes wide. Ball one. When you get a guy that can hit 350 or close to 400 and hit you 20 or 25 home runs and drive you in 90 or 100 runs, that's what I call the best hitter in baseball. Into left center. And Winfield will let Kemp uh, take charge. And they're two outs. Who's the best hitter you've ever seen Pardon in baseball? Me? Who is? That you've ever seen overall throughout your career as a youngster, maybe watching games. I have to say as a uh, George Brett. And before George Brett, I'd have to say Tony Oliva. You see uh, Ted Williams? There did. Uh, no, I didn't see Ted Williams. You see uh, Hank Aaron? Yeah, I saw Hank Aaron. You see Stan Musial? Didn't get to see Stan. Flat out hitting usual could hit just for flat out hitting. Here's Hal McRae. He's been up once, bounced to third. I'm just talking about present day. Play players that you've yeah. seen and uh, been associated with. Even though a guy hits for an average like Wade Boggs and Rod Carew, they just don't they don't hit that many home runs and they don't drive that many runs in. They're just an average hitter. They don't have all the components that you need to be an outstanding or the best hitter in baseball. George Brett is. It's two balls, no strikes on McRae. Two and one, McRae trying to pull. He doesn't often try to pull the ball. Normally hits the ball to a right center field. It's two and one. And that's high. Three balls and a strike. There's McRae. Came from the... Uh, 
Cincinnati Reds to the Kansas City Royals quite a few years ago and has really done well in the American League. Ball for McCray walks. One thing when he was younger, McCray used to be a threat to steal, but as he's gotten older, he has stopped trying to steal bases. Well, he uh, he's still got pretty good speed, and uh, he will steal a base here and there, but uh, like you said, he does not try to steal as much now as he used to. There might be a reason for that, too. The Kowser might not want him stealing too many bases to try to save himself. I don't, you know, you never know. Amos Otis has been up once, and Balboni made a fine play on his ground ball. It was in the second inning leading off. Strike one on Otis. Well, the Reds lead the Mets 3 0. That ball game just underway. It's in the second inning. Montreal's picked up another run. They lead Houston 3 0 in the fifth inning. Strike two on Otis. Raleigh just rearing back and throwing fastballs. We're in the top of the third, a 1 1 tie between the Yankees and the Kansas City Royals. And time is called. There he is again, stepping out. Uh, he does that a lot. He does it too often if I were a pitcher. He don't like chin music either. No. Sotis. They're going to come inside, uh, but a bit low. One and two on Otis. Cerrone tried to steal the pitch, and Raleigh shakes his head. Well, this is one of those borderline pitches that just happened to be down just a hair below the knees. Minnesota's leading Cleveland six to two. That ball game in the fifth inning, as the American League scores now come up on the board, it's two and two on Amos Otis. Ex-Yankee coach Mike Ferraro, he's having, who's the manager of the Cleveland, and he's having some problems over there for his first rookie season as a manager. And Raleigh makes the catch. That'll retire the side. No runs, no hits, a walk, and a man left on base. We're going to the bottom half, the third inning. The Yankees won, Kansas City won. And Roy Smalley leads off against Bud Black. Smalley's batting 269. 10 home runs, 31 runs batted in. Good curveball on the corner. It'll be Smalley, Rick Cerrone, and Burt Campanaris. Yankees one run on Dave Winfield's home run. The Royals one run on three hits. A ball and a strike on Roy Smalley. By the way, this copyrighted telecast is presented by authority of the New York Yankees and WPIX. And it's intended solely for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this game or any segment without the express written consent of the Yankees is prohibited. Two balls and a strike on Smalley. In the center, Wilson. With a late jump, but makes a catch. He's got great speed. Only Willie Wilson can make a play like that. With the speed that he has, because uh, Roy did not, it was one of those full swings. And uh, gets in on him a little bit. Willie kind of took a step back, but with his tremendous speed, he's able to catch up with the ball and make a diving outstanding catch of it. You know, not to 
say that Otis has less ability than Wilson, but Otis playing a deep center field would never have gotten to that ball. No, Otis does not, not to say anything about his ability, but he doesn't have the speed that Willie Wilson has. Here's Rick Cerrone. And that'll hook foul into the seats down the left side. The Royals have been trying for a couple of years to move Wilson from left field to center. But when they first proposed that move, uh, Amos Otis was upset by it. And he didn't like it and didn't hit. Well, I don't know why he would be would be there uh, that upset because Willie Wilson definitely can cover more ground than Amos Otis can. But still, when you move Amos Otis to right field, he's got the better arm of the two. So right field would be more of a position for Amos Otis with the acquisition of his arm out there. This is straightaway center. And there are two outs. Two outs, nobody on in the third. The Yankees won in Kansas City won, and we'll start all over again with Bert Campaneris. You know, you talk about Willie Wilson playing center field. Well, in Kansas City, the ball doesn't uh, carry that well out there in uh, uh, Royal Stadium. And uh, with the speed that Willie Wilson has, and those those balls that can hit be hit in the gap out there, he can run right under them, run them down. Campaneris is 0 for 1 in the game, bounced to short his first time up. Batting 344. Two balls, no strikes on Campaneris. Willie Wilson there, he might have uh, hurt his shoulder when he's making that diving catch out there. He's trying to keep it loose up. He's kind of hanging it down there like it's bothering him. That's a strike late on the outside corner. Two and one on Campaneris. Out of play, upper deck right side, two and two. I am uh, sure the 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 Yankee players uh, have noticed Wilson uh, shaking his arm out there, and I'm pretty sure the Royals will take another look at it here as he makes that catch and goes right down on his elbow. It looks like he might have jammed his arm up against his shoulder or his elbow. I think he tried to use that arm to cushion his yeah. fall, and that took the impact. Out of play, Campanera spoiling an excellent pitch on the corner. But if you notice something like that, and you are the Yankees, and he stays in the ball game, and he's not that bad, and you're a base runner, you can maybe take an extra base off him because he won't be able to throw the ball that well. well you watch him and see if he's going to throw between innings when he goes out next inning. Just the little things. Yeah. He still, uh, he acts like he's in pretty good pain out there. He might not uh, continue this game. There's Dick Hauser. Uh, he don't seem to be too concerned. I'm sure he'll ask uh, Willie Wilson when he comes in after the inning is over. Base hit. Let's see how Wilson gets the ball in here, Bobby. He's sort of holding that. That hurts a little bit. It, yeah, yep, he, it hurts him a little yeah, bit. I he, think Willie would probably. I am surprised as much as Willie has done that that the trainer from the Royals has not gone out and talked to him. Maybe they don't feel he's hurting. Or can hurt. Well <laughs> by watching his actions he looks like yeah. he's hurt pretty good. Yep, yep. Well Camp and Air singles up the middle with two outs and that'll bring on Greg Nettles who's been up once and fouled out. Scores tied 1-1 here in the third. A strike one on Nettles.
You know, Wilson's a former football player too, and he he's got to really hurt to hurt. Football players, a lot more than baseball players, are used to playing hurt. There's a trainer of the Royals. I think he's on that top step, waiting for Willie Wilson to come back in after the inning. You know, Nettles uh, started the season with a mustache. He's since shaved it off. He went into kind of a slump about a month ago, and he blamed decided, it on a mustache. Well, he decided to change a few things around. Maybe because of the mustache, he should couldn't see the low pitch. No, I don't think that was true. In fact, that pit that pitch right there, <laughs> if he'd have had the mustache, he'd have got shaven right there. One and two on Nettles with two outs. That was going right for the mustache. <laughs> Campaners at first base, a 1-1 tie. And Black wants to keep Campaners close to first. The hit by Campaners, the Yankees second against the left-hander. The first one, a big hit. Winfield's 16th home run of the year, tying the ball game up in the bottom of the second. You might look for Campaneras to uh, take a chance and steal this base. Uh, Greg Nettles has got one ball and two strikes, so he's in the hole against the pitcher Bud Black. They might take a chance, or Campy might take a chance to try to steal a base. Whoa. Two and two on Nettles. There's Zimmer, Don Zimmer, the third base coach. Who would give the stop sign to Campaneras. I understand some Yankees have the green light all the way. The only time that they cannot run is when uh, Billy Martin puts up the red light. Otherwise, they can run whenever they want. There's uh, three things, Bill. Uh, they're either on their own, either Billy gives them the sign to go on that particular pitch, or like you said, he puts up the stop sign. Doesn't want them going at all. Campy's going this time, but it's hit right back to Black. And that'll retire the side. No runs, a base hit, and the man left on base on the McDonald's scoreboard to score at the end of three. The Yankees won, the Kansas City Royals won. Let's pause 10 seconds along the Yankee Baseball Network for station identification. All right, John Wathen, who walked and scored his first time up, is the batter and swings and misses. It's strike two. Where's Bobby Mercer? I just want to show you this, Bobby. This little boy was named after you, Bobby Ray Erda. Isn't that a cute picture? He's got a Yankee uniform on. He was born on June 22nd, 1983, seven pounds, two ounces. Looks just like Bobby, he said. <laughs> and his parents are great Yankee fans and wanted their first child if a boy named after their favorite player. They didn't know how to spell Rizzuto, so they said Bobby Ray Mercer. Foul back. It's two and two, and you know where that's from, the Binghamton area. And we got we got such great Yankee fans up there. Oh, you got to go up and see Matt Botnick and Scotty Gow and all the Yankee fans up there. I tell you, they love you. Base hit, ripped to right center field by Wappen. And Winfield, ready to fire it in in a hurry. Wappen takes the... Uh, little protector off. Fourth hit for the Royals. 
And Leon Roberts, the batter. And a man just as big, if not bigger than Leon Roberts, is sitting next to me, Frank Messer. Mm. Are you bigger than Leon Roberts? Well, I'll have to look up Roberts' uh, size here, Scooter, and tell you in just a moment. All right. A 1-1 ball game on a tremendous home run by Dave Winfield. Row to first, but he's back. I got Leon by about an inch. Okay, then I'm I'm right for a change. All right. Roberts, who had a home run yesterday, chewing on that tobacco. Foul in and out of the Yankee dugout, and there goes Gamble waving the towel. <laughs> Oscar's got a groin pull. He almost had a lump from the line drive. Let's see, that's Milbourne next to him? Yeah. A lot of little nagging injuries on the Yankee club scooter. Oscar yeah. with a groin. Weiniger with a groin pull. Uh-oh. There's Sammy Ellis, the pitching coach, going out. Hope that Raleigh didn't do anything. I hope not. Of course, uh, Robert split his bat, went back for a new bat. And maybe Sammy's telling them about Watson. At first, we've remarked what a great base deal he is, especially for a catcher. And maybe he wants him to shorten that kick. Okay. They got Jay Howell to do it very well, Frank. Yeah, they really have. Just shorten that kick, bring the pitch, release perhaps just a little quicker. Yep. You know, last uh, time Wathen was on Scooter, they had a hit and run on. He got such a great break. Had Roberts not swung at the pitch, Wathen would have stolen second. Without sliding, you're right. One strike. And they want to keep him close. But you watch the way Rawley lifts that leg, and if you time it just right, you get some jump. There he goes. Check swing foul. Yep, he double swung. I mean, it hit his bat twice. Yes. Only counts as one strike, though, Frank. Yeah, only counts as one strike, and even though the ball wound up fair ground, it was foul. And again, Watson had that excellent jump. He really did. He had a big lead. He would have had the base stolen again at Robertson this morning. Yes. Unbelievable for a catcher. He broke the record for stolen bases for a catcher last year. And he's stolen 18 this year in 22 tries. Slice foul. He quick pitched him a little bit that time, but I hope it doesn't affect Rawley's pitching. A lot of times when you concentrate on getting rid of the ball quickly, you don't have as much on it. Well, you better have it on it with Roberts. He's hit a home run in this series. Yep. He's strong. Bouncer in the hole by Campanaris. And Watson's going to go to third, and he's going to make it. And a throw to second. He's out at second base. All right. Great play by Greg Nettles. He knew he couldn't get the runner at third, Frank. He went out and got the ball and fired it to Smalley, who put the tag on him. Let's watch it again. This is a good play. The pitch is up. I don't know how Roberts beat that ball down on the ground. First of all, Campanaris cannot get it. But now watch Pinella. He throws it all away on the fly, which helps Nettles. Now here's Wathen coming into third, right. right. He's he's in there. Nettles now moves out for the throw and rips it back to second base. And there's the tag applied by Smalley as Roberts is out at second. It'll be a single, and he is out nine, five, six. All right, Frank White and the Yankees have the infield in. A 1-1 ball game. White bounced the second first time up. Oh, he had him way off stride with that change, strike one. That's one reason I think that Raleigh has been really more effective as a starting pitcher than he was as a reliever, because he will throw that change as a starter 
When he came out of the bullpen, he'd never used the change. That's right. Oh, he got him. Yes, sir. He swung at that. It's 0-2. He tried to check it, but couldn't do it. There it is. Pitcher's almost in the dirt. He had him completely fooled. Some hitters get a little over-anxious with runners on in the infield and just missed. Oh, that was close. There's the score. One and one. The Royals with five hits. The Yankees with two. And there's Waffen at third. We told you he's an excellent base runner. Bouncing Nettles makes a great play, but it'll be a base hit. He would not have been able to get Watson at home. It was right over the bag. It'll be a base hit, and the Royals lead 2-1. to one. Well, that's White's second RBI and Watson's second run scored. Here it is again. Hard shot right down the line. Nettles knocks it down, holds it to a single by knocking the ball down. But the run will score, and it's a base hit. So the Royals take a 2-1 to one lead here in the top of the fourth. One man out. And they'll have to keep an eye on White. Here is Don Sloth, the catcher. Single to right his first time up. Another base hit ripped to left field. And that's the seventh base hit for the Royals. And almost looks like a, a replay of uh, Ray Fontenot's game, Frank, when they started hitting the young left-hander. Yep. And the bullpen will go to work. That is Dale Murray who will start throwing. Four hits here in the inning. The only man retired has been uh, Roberts trying to stretch a, well, not trying to stretch a single into a double, trying to advance from first base to second following his base hit on a throw to third. And Dale Murray has done an excellent job, Frank, in his last two outings at least. Well, they've changed his mechanics around. He pitches completely off the stretch position, although he winds up when he warms up in the bullpen. Hi, <laughs> right, Willie Wilson has popped to first. And bounce back to the pitcher. One out. It's like all the Royals like to leave uh, two of their buttons open on their shirts. Foul ball got a little bit of Sarone there. Yeah, they do. Uh, well, a Yankee, it's been a Yankee tradition over the years yeah, to leave one, one button. One open, yeah. Look, every one of them got those two buttons open. Well, he's a bubblegum chewer and blower. Captain Harris broke for the bag, so Rowley steps off the mound. You're talking about Wathen a moment ago, Scooter. He stole 36 bases last year and broke Ray Shock's record for stolen bases by a catcher. Mm. Shock stole 30 and had the record until last year. A bunt bounced up and hit him. Sharon said it hit him in fair territory. The plate umpire says no. And that is a very difficult play to call. Well, the plate umpire doesn't call that play, Scooter. That's called by Joe Brakeman at second. And Brakeman made the call right away. I don't believe he was out of the box, Frank. He's fast, but he's not that fast. You see that? Hit yeah. him right there. He's no. still in the box. Now, you see at the top of your screen, second base umpire Brakeman waving yeah. a foul. It's Brakeman's call as the plate umpire is blocked out on it. Billy does. Uh, well, he, he can argue, but he does not have a valid quite to argue there. It's a very deceiving play. Now, if Wilson had been on home plate, he would have been out. He would have been out because home plate is in fair territory, of course. 
But I believe he was still in the batter's box, and I think the replay showed I that. I do too, Frank. All right, 0 and 2 on Willie Wilson. Plate umpire put two hands up in the air, but he was saying, I don't know. That's right. <laughs> He's blocked out. Cerrone jumped up, and Rick never knew where the ball went. He was looking up in the air, down third. Outside, and Cerrone bluffs a throw to first, and diving back is Slaughter. Had one ball, two strikes, one out. Royals leading two to one. Just outside, two and two. Struck him out. Good pitch by Shane Raleigh. Strikes out the tough Willie Wilson. Here it is again. This pitch, I believe, will be out of the strike zone low. Yep. As Wilson tried to uppercut the ball. Raleigh gets a big, big strike out there. That's his second of the ball game. And here's the other man he struck out, UL Washington, who struck out and bounced his second. You know, it surprises me, Scooter, that Willie Wilson leads the Royals in strikeouts. No kidding. Yeah. That's well, you know, he's swinging a lot harder this year, Frank, in years past. Strike one. I don't see why. I he's don't not, either. He's not a home run hitter. His home runs will be inside the park. He'll leg yes. out his home runs. And he has struck out now 52 times. UL Washington with the proverbial toothpick. I used to know guys, Frank, that had a gold toothpick. Now, I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's bad for youngsters to try and emulate this guy, but don't ever mess around with a toothpick. No, <laughs> I would He says, whoever used a gold toothpick had wooden teeth. That was George Washington. Outside, one-on-one. Probably. <laughs> toothpick Jones, yeah. Yeah, he'd go through a box of a ball. That's game. right. He used to pitch because you got a bear down. Every time you throw, you'd break one just yep. about... They say the mound would have a little pile of broken mm -hmm. toothpicks after the game. I never saw him pitch, though. And that should do it. Vanilla goes back, back, and falls down and holds on to the ball. Holy cow, Pinella saw Mumphrey do that yesterday. It looked so good on TV, Lou decided. Watch this. Oh, man. And the score now at the end of three and a half is the Royals two and the Yankees one. I don't know how he held on to it. Well, guess who's leading off, Scooter? <laughs> Gotta be Pinella made that sensational falling catch. Old Twinkle Toes out there, Frank. Watch it. Here it is again. Pinella has to dig back. He was playing the hitter very shallow. And right there as he hits the warning track, his foot slips, but he makes the catch as he hits the deck, rolls over, hangs on. Mumphrey, same thing in la uh, last night's ball game. Yep. Exactly the same, and they both caught the ball. And Pinella, who bounced the third his first time up, will lead it off. Yankees trail two to one. Right 
Let's see what stance he uses this time, Scooter. All right. You had a number last time, Frank. Well, he started out with 541 and changed it to 372. All right, let's see. Nope, he didn't like it. He wasn't comfortable. You're absolutely right. You know, he's got to be exactly comfortable and then time his swing forward come up and takes it outside and high ball one see just before the pitch came he moved the left foot just a little bit yep. very few hitters can uh, change stances as often as Pinella and continue to hit well but I think the important thing is to be comfortable at the plate oh that's Bounces it foul. Nice play, Don Zimmer. The old shortstop. Zimmer, a man of many positions. Yes, right? I shouldn't say he played the short, the second, third. Even caught a little bit. Yep, he bounced that straight down. Bud Black on the mound. Black is not a strikeout pitcher. Oh, ripped to left field, but curving foul. Oh. Look at Lou. That's it. Lou says, that's my best shot. Why does it have to be foul? Man, he did tattoo that one. You know, getting back to Don Zimmer, you mentioned shortstop. He yeah. played third. He played second. He caught. He also played first. No kidding. He played left field, right field, center field, and pitched. He played all positions. And he's coached and he's managed. Yep. Look at him. Don Zimmer. And he loves to talk baseball. He'll chew your ear off. He'll talk day and night. He, great story teller is Mr. Zimmer. Now, that was a good curve, that Pinella golf. And he is one of the best low ball hitters in baseball, Mr. Pinella. Yep. N another thought on Mr. Zimmer. Mm. He married his childhood sweetheart. Now we'll watch Pinella swing at this one, that curveball he ripped, in Elmira, New York, at home plate. Home plate. They used to do that a lot in the minor leagues. It really helped, because you never had any money playing in the minor leagues in those days, and they'd outfit you anyway, give you furniture. Bounces it over the pitcher's head, but UL Washington, quick flip, has got him one away. It's one of the few times you'll see Pinella reach for a low outside pitch and pull it. There it is again, bouncing over Black, but Washington is a good shortstop. You say he may be a little bit underrated, unsung? Yes, as a fielder, yes. As a fielder, yeah. As a hitter, he's got. He's trying to hit the ball out of the park, and that's why he's hitting so low. Switch hitter, he should be right up in the 270s, as fast as he can run. Don Baylor flied to left first time up. Ball one. I got a card. Our organist is the young man from uh, Philadelphia area, filling in for Eddie Layton. What's his name, Frank? Paul Richardson. Paul Richards. Foul back and out of play. He has played two Italian numbers for the last two hitters, Pinella and Baylor. I don't know whether he's confused or uh, he thinks it's good luck on a Sunday. One of them on the count. And the Yankees trail by one here in the bottom of the fourth. Pretty good pitch that time by Black, right in on the hands. One ball, two strikes. Well, they keep pitching Baylor in. They try to jam him with every pitch. Don't let him open up. 
course, pitchers do make mistakes. They do. This kid has not walked anybody. As we mentioned, he is not the strikeout type. Little low. Two and two. Kid pitched a good game against the Yankees out in Kansas City. He went nine innings, gave up two runs, uh, six hits, walked four and struck out two. And the Royals won that game in extra innings. He did not get the decision. Foul out of play. In the upper deck. Johnny Minogue is 70 years old today. Happy birthday, Johnny. A bouncer, but Frank White backs up and his throw just in time to get Baylor. Saw Don turn around and look at what the umpire called him, but he was out. It is again. White has to back up. That ball was hit toward the middle. And he doesn't get a whole lot on the throw. But there is enough. Ooh, looked like Wathen got stepped on almost. Very close. Well, here he is. Dave Winfield. Gave him a day's rest and sure felt a lot stronger, Frank. I don't know whether it was the day's rest or the fact he was dropped down to number five in the batting order. You're right. Got a little angry at not being in the number four spot. Hope he's still mad. All one. Look at Dave. He thought that pitch was going to be inside. You know, he was. It was a little bit, but not a knockdown pitch. No. A purpose pitch, as they call it. Well, that home run, what do you say, 470, 75 At feet? At least. Low, two and nothing. I'll tell you, it's probably the hardest hit ball I've seen all year, and one of the hardest I've ever seen. Yes, because it was a line drive, and for it to carry that far, carry the fence and hit right back where the monuments are, unbelievable poke. Strike one. Two and one, two out, nobody on. Bottom of the fourth. Royals leading two to one. Right to the shortstop. And Washington throws him out. So three ground outs that inning. At the end of four, it's the Royals two and the Yankees one. Well, we move on to the fifth inning here at Yankee Stadium. The Royals lead two to one, and George Brett will be the leadoff batter. Then Hal McRae and Amos Otis against Shane Raleigh. Scooter. All right, Frank. And Brett is one for two. He is single to center and fly to left. Yankee pitching, excuse me, yeah. Yankee pitching has done a pretty good job on Brett in this series. They sure have grounded a short. Smalley throws him out, one away. Brett is now three for 16 in the series. Boy, that's unbelievable. The way he swings that bat. Raleigh was touched up for seven hits. Four of them last inning. The designated hitter. But the Royals scored only one run. Here's Hal McRae, bounced to third and walked. Full foul on a good change, strike one. Hey, and how about that pitching job by Ron Guidry last night? Oh, I tell you, Frank, that's the Louisiana Lightning of 78. Wasn't it, though? He came on so strong in those late innings. High, one-on-one. 
He struck out eight men and got six of the strikeouts in the last three innings. Mm. Fly ball, center field, Winfield coming on, makes the catch. I tell you, it doesn't look like Winfield's moving, but with those strides of his, he eats up the ground. How about that divot that Willie Wilson dug up out there? Yeah, with that great diving catch. Mm. And Leon Roberts replaced it for him. Oh, that's he very nice his, of him. Shook his hand and went over and replaced the divot. Yep. Must play a little golf. Now, here's Amos Otis. Otis robbed of a base hit twice, once by Balboni on a great diving play and once on a liner back to Raleigh. Ball one. Now let's see if Otis pulls his trick here. He does it at least one time at every time at bat, just as Raleigh's ready to pitch your last for time. And the umpires don't have to give him time if he calls it that late. I don't think they should allow no, time. They're now right, right there. there. Yep. Now I don't know whether the umpire granted him time. Uh, he he just does that to aggravate the pitcher and right. me. Well, last time he did it, Raleigh came inside down around his ankles, and then he hit the line drive right back in Raleigh's glove. Ball two, two and nothing. Another footnote on Gidry last night, Scooter, with his eight strikeouts. He passed Bob Shockey and is in fifth place on the all-time Yankee strikeout list. There's the strike. Gidry now has 1,164 strikeouts. It's two balls and a strike. Fly ball, center field, Winfield. Another good jump. Well, no, he can't get it. That ball must have been a sinking line drive or it tailed away. It looked like Dave thought he had it. He's talking to Pinello right now. I think uh, the ball tailed away from him. Uh, Winfield may have misjudged that ball, Scooter. Uh-huh. There you go. You see him on the run for it right there. Now he changes direction just a bit. Yeah, he started sideways, yeah. tried to come in, it was too late. Yep. He may not have seen it right off the bat. We, of course, won't know until you ask Winfield after the ball game. All right, a two-out single, and here's John Wathen, who has scored both of the Royal runs, a walk and a single, takes the strike. Wearing the protective uh, shin guard on the left leg. That's the leg he broke last year when he fouled the ball off of it. Wow. Foul out of play. It's even more amazing to think that he set the all-time stolen base record for a catcher and in the meantime was out for a lot of the season with the broken uh, ankle there uh -huh. from uh, fouling a ball down off his ankle. I think he, uh, he stole the base his first game back from the broken ankle. Nobody figured he'd run. That was against the Yankees. Oh. Two. Hopped it up. And Campanaris back calling for it. Campy makes the catch. No runs, a hit, no errors, a man left. At the end of four and a half, the Royals two and the Yankees one. Well, you heard that little chuckle at the end of that uh, Toyota commercial. That was a lot of fun for Bill White and uh, me out here at Yankee Stadium and that little fluff of Bill's was not written into the script but the producer liked it so much he asked Bill if he could leave it in Bill said of course and he could never count messing <laughs> he used to miss the sign all the time white don't stick up for him. see that's the commercial that I missed and I wanted to be in so badly Quick word, I was talking about Gidry's strikeout scooter before folks start asking, Whitey Ford is the all-time strikeout leader for Yankee pitchers with 1,956. 
Then Red Ruffing, 1,526. Lefty Gomez struck out 1,468. Mel Stottlemyre, 1,257. And now Ron Guidry with 1,164. Very impressive. And there he is, Louisiana Lightning. You don't suppose he knew I was talking about him, do you? Nope. Those pitchers really stick together on the mm -hmm. bench, don't they? All right, Steve Kemp. Ooh, good breaking pitch, strike one. Steve bounced to second his first time up. Fly ball, left field. Roberts is right there. One hands it, one man out. Phil Rizzuto, going back to your playing days, how about a sky like this, that buttermilk sky we refer to it? Is that tough to No, this is perfect, is right? Okay. Yep. Anytime the sun is hidden and it's overcast, you can really pick up the ball. All right. Steve Balboni popped the third first time up. Oh, took a good pitch there. Strike one. Yankees trailing two to one, bottom of the fifth. Outside, one on one. We need a run here, and there's a little girl, Kimberly Basehart, up in uh, Kinderhook, which is near Albany. Had a litter of rabbits, named one after me, called him the scooter. Rip foul, almost got Don Zimmer. And he's got a Yankee cap on. Cute little rabbit. And I'm wondering if that's the same rabbit that's eaten all my plants in the backyard. Outside, two and two. Keep saying Balboni is overdue to show the Yankee fans just how far he can hit a ball. Fouled it back. Two and two. Balboni has just seemed to have trouble adjusting to the off-speed pitch here in the major leagues. You've got a lot of curveballs and off-speed pitches in the international league, but he just can't seem to adjust to them here, Scooter. I don't know no, what it is. I can't figure it out, but again, he doesn't play day in and day out and play a couple of days, then you sit on the bench a few days. And... Bud Black, been in control of this ball game. Look out, how oh, that missed him, I don't know. I thought Chua was gonna hit him on the elbow. Here it is again, pitch bearing right on him. He just did get the elbow out of the way. All right, full count now on Balboni. I'd like to see him hit just one. That's he, all. Just one, the way we saw him hit in the minor leagues. Oh. Got under it, and it's out of play, though. Roy Smalley looking at it with Don Slott, the catcher. It's where they get the mud out of their spiked shoes with the shin guards. Except that that's caked a little too hard. Well, the threatening weather here today, Scooter, they had the infield covered. Neither team took batting practice. Well, I hope the weatherman's wrong, although he said any time between noon and 6 o'clock we would have a thunderstorm, but looks like it could miss us. Yankees will be flying out right after the ball game, heading for Arlington, Texas. 
to start an 11 game 11 day road trip. Three different parts of the country. The Southwest the Midwest and the Northeast. That's right Texas Chicago and Toronto. Oh he struck him out his first strike out of the ball game. ball was tailing away from Balboni and he tried to pull it. We have seen Steve Frank hit home runs to the opposite fields. Yes, we have. Two out now, Roy Smalley, who was robbed of a base hit on that great play by Willie Wilson. That was the divot play. Yep. Did he lay off? No, he went around. Messer's got those good eyes. Strike one. Didn't even have to appeal on that one. And loops one in the center. Wilson's not going to get that one. That's what you call a dying quail. Right off the end of the bat, just went out and sat still out the center field. That's only the third hit for the Yankees off black. Now Rick Cerrone. Cerrone fly to center his first time up. Hey, while Cerrone steps in, Phil, very interesting article in the New York Times today by Joe Durso, who took a poll of ball players in both leagues, asking, among other things, uh, for them to name their favorite ballparks to play in. And outside ball one. Well, uh, Royal Stadium in Kansas City was voted the favorite in the American League with. Uh, Yankee Stadium right up there in fourth place. All right. Municipal Stadium in Cleveland was voted the worst park to play in. Yeah, I figured that. Even the uh, Indian ball players moan about it, and they play 81 games there. Well, they were overwhelming in their vote <laughs> against their own stadium. Low, two nothing. They were also asked to name their uh, the ones they thought were the best umpires in both leagues, and. Uh, Steve Palermo was voted number one umpire in no the American kidding. League. Yeah. Steve, besides being an excellent umpire, he's one of the uh, classiest dressers amongst the umpires. Outside, three and nothing. Well, Palermo has improved so much from his early days in umpiring. And he works hard at it. Oh, he does. He works very, very hard. All right, three and zero to Cerrone, two out. The Royals lead two to one, bottom of the fifth. Right one, three and one. I believe Dutch Runner was the leading vote getter in the National League. Uh huh. I don't know those National League umpires. That's that pitch tailing away from the right hand batter, and when they try to pull it, they either miss it or pop it up. Three and two, Smalley will be released at first base. And Wathen playing in back of him. That's a very important pitch for this young left-hander. Been a big pitch. Oh yeah. He's got a lot of outs on it. A lot of ground balls. There goes Smalley. Hard ground. What a play by Brett. Holy cow! And he throws Cerrone up. Great play by George Brett on a bullet hit by Cerrone. No runs a hit, no errors. A man left at the end of five. On the Canon camera scoreboard, it's the Royals two and the Yankees one.
You can always get Yankee tickets at all Ticketron locations or by calling Charge It, as well as right here at the Yankee Stadium advanced ticket windows. Well, sixth inning coming up, Scooter, and the Royals leading two to one, and Leon Roberts two for two in the ballgame. All right, the big right-hander facing Shane Rawley, and check swing bouncer, gonna have to hurry. Smalley gets rid of it and gets him. That's a tough play for a guy as big as Smalley, Frank. Have to go down that low, get the ball, come up, straighten up. That's right. And then throw. A little guy can go down and get it and throw from down there, but Smalley just can't do it. So he's got to come up. And take an extra step. Yep. Frank Wheat. One away, here's Frank White, who has driven in both runs. One on a ground out where the Yankees didn't turn to the double play and another on a spectacular save by Nettles, which he got a base hit. Strike one, Frank White. Here's another guy I can't believe. Frank is down at 247. No, I can't either. Ripped to left field and going back Kemp. And he's not going to get it. It's off the wall. You better hurry or White's going to have a triple. He's going to make it. Kemp had trouble picking up the ball. The throw went over Smalley's head, but they still would not have gotten him. A triple for Frank White. It's only his third hit of the series in 16 at bats. You see Kemp going, but he'll not catch up with this one. Short hops off the wall and bounds away from him. Frank White with a play in front of him. Now Kemp will throw the ball over the head of Smalley, the cutoff man. And Frank White coasts on into third base with a triple. There's the loose ball as Campanaris goes out to run it down. All right, once again, the Yankees have to bring the infield in. Don Slaught, who is two for two, single a right and single a left, will be the batter. Only one man out. Ball one, and Cerrone bluffed a throw to third with Nettles breaking over there, but White was back. Greatest combination I ever saw on that catcher to third pickoff, Thurman Munson and Greg Nettles. And Greg Nettles. Greg would give the sign, and Munson would fire that ball down there, and many, many times they picked runners off. Oh, Thurman had that quick release. Popped it up, but it'll be out of play, I believe. Balboni will run out of room well back into the seats. Well, the wind is blowing that way, and it may be a true breeze this afternoon. Wind is blowing from left in toward the right field foul line. And a lot of us hitting us here in the booth, I might add. Well, there's a chill in the air here it in New York. certainly it's is. Just a raw, damp day, sort of a misty-type day. But nonetheless, a lot of great Yankee fans out here at Yankee Stadium. Oh, yes. You know, you say Misty, and yeah, right away I think of uh, Johnny Mathis singing that song. Pitch out. The squeeze was not on. Two balls and a strike. Slot has not laid down a sacrifice bunt this year. They whistle him out of the batter's box, and now this could either be something to confuse Billy Martin and the Yankees, or maybe the squeeze is on. We'll wait and see. He's coming, and a great job by Slot as he almost dove to foul that ball off and protect the runner, and that's what the Yankees going to have to do. Well, Melbourne you, was caught napping. Right. Here it is again. You'll see him right there. 
That was not a pitch out, but the pitch was well away from him. Now he's got to stay in the batter's box. Right. He cannot step on home plate or cross home plate. The best I've seen do that was Cerrone oh, just recently. And got and an RBI. Yes, got right. an RBI. Did not get a sacrifice because they made a play on the runner from first to second, but he got a run batted in. And Cerrone was almost perpendicular in the air when he laid the bat on it. Perpendicular. Perpendicular? Very good. Horizontal. He's, Which was it? That's he? all right. Sideways. I like that. Slot just trying to slap that ball, which is always a good idea with the infield in. You sorry. don't have to hit the ball hard. Sorry, I used that word. Now I've got myself confused. No, no, that's all right, Frank. I can spell it, but I don't know exactly what it means. And he bounces one that got to let it roll, and it goes foul. Now there's alert base running by Frank White. A lot of runners at third would kind of hesitate, not knowing whether to go in or not. He broke immediately. They'd have never had a chance. Well, look superstitious there. Yeah. He make sure he didn't step on that yep, line. I was just going to say. <laughs> I don't know who are the most superstitious people, whether they be athletes or show people. That's true. Uh, that one line with show business people still gets me. Break a leg. Yeah. Which, uh, means have a good night or something it's supposed to be bad luck to say good luck yeah two and two the count one out and he fouled it off hey slut's doing a pretty good job up there protecting the plate he's a tough man what's his strikeout ratio frank he hasn't played really that much no. he's been hurt a lot this year he struck out only 14 times and 115 at bats so one every ten times. Ten, up. yep. All right, two balls, two strikes. Just missed that inside corner. Boy, he's looking for the ball away, trying to slap it, and Raleigh almost snuck it by him. Raleigh had a good idea there. We'll watch that pitch again. See Slot going into the pitch. Yep. But it was inside. It's three and two. Oh, that'll get the run in. And it's also over the head of Winfield. Holy cow. And Slot's going to go for three, and he's going to make it. Unbelievable back-to-back -back triples. Here comes Billy Martin. You know, Phil, was it? Phil, the Royals have 10 hits in the ball game, and five of them are from their number eight and nine hitters. Frank White has uh, two hits and two runs batted in. Slot has three hits and a run batted in. And then how about Roberts right above him? Roberts, that's right. He's got two more hits and set up the first two runs with right. base hits, moving a runner from first to third. Well, that's going to be all for Shane Raleigh. Billy Martin asked for the baseball. Raleigh leaves. With the Royals out in front by a score of three to one. The Yankees will host the Detroit Tigers for a big three-game weekend series August 5th through 7th, highlighted by Skull Bandit Yankee Tote Bag Night and Bobby Mercer Day here at Yankee Stadium. All fans attending the game on Saturday night, August 6th, will receive a Yankee Tote Bag, compliments of Skull Bandit. 
And on Sunday afternoon, August 7th, one of the most beloved Yankees of all time, Bobby Mercer, will be honored here at Yankee Stadium when it'll be Bobby Mercer Day. Don't miss these two special days. Well, Billy Martin, Yankee captain Greg Nettles, and catcher Rick Sarone await the arrival of Dale Murray. The Royals are leading three to one, and they have ten base hits already in the ball game. We're just in the top half of the sixth inning. Royals have left seven men on base. Raleigh, <clears throat> pardon me, while going five and a third, giving up ten hits. I have him down for two walks and uh, two strikeouts. And one of the two men he walked came in to score. Murray's record two and one. Earn run average 4.69. Murray had a really had a bad first half of the year. But I talked uh, when we're on the last road trip scooter. I talked to Jeff Torborg as we started the second half of the season. I asked Jeff to sort of recap the first half and project his thoughts on the second half. And uh, he said uh, certainly the bullpen, the middle relief pitching in the bullpen had not been good the first half of the year. Right. But he said that uh, this man, Dale Murray, had been working very, very diligently in the bullpen, trying to get his mechanics down. Jeff said it was a matter of mechanics. So what they had Raleigh do was work just off a stretch, or what they had Murray do is work off just a stretch and set position. Now I talked to Dale Murray about it, and he said yes, he's he found that he could not pitch two ways and be effective. And certainly he cannot wind up because he comes in with people on base. Right. So he has limited his deliveries off the stretch and set position. Even though we saw him wind, go into a full motion when he warmed up there. It'll be interesting to see now if he sticks to that stretch and set with the runner at third and one out. And we're going to have a pinch hitter, Pat Sheridan, for Willie Wilson. How do you like that? That's surprising me. Very surprising. Although this young man has heard the Yankees in just about every game he's played, either with the bat or in the field or on the bases. He's batting 266, three homers, 15 RBIs. The Yankee infield still in with Slaughter at third and just one man out, and the Royals leading three to one. Sheridan hurt the Yankees with his head out in Kansas yeah, that's City. That's right. Strike one. Went in as a pinch runner, stole second, and the throw to second base bounced off his head. He scrambled up and came on in to score the winning run in the 12th inning. Slice foul back into the seats in the mezzanine. It's 0-2. He's got sort of a modified version of the Joe Morgan arm flap, uh -huh. elbow flap, doesn't he? I don't know whether he does it every time or not. No, not right now. Wait a minute. Struck him out on three pitches. Holy cow, what a job by Dale Murray right there. No better time for a strikeout, Frank. Well, that's very true. You can't take a chance on a ground ball or a fly ball. Fly ball is going to get the run in. The ground ball would unless it was hit right at the one of the drawn-in infielders. So Murray went for the strikeout and got it. All right, here's Joel Washington, who has struck out, bounced to second, and flying out to Pinello, who made that circus catch off him, falling down and holding on to the ball. 
Ground ball right at Smalley. And Murray does his job beautifully. Saves a big run. Royals pick up a run on two hits. No errors. A man left at the end of five and a half. Royals three and the Yankees one. All right, I never thought I'd see the day they'd pinch hit for Willie Wilson. And Pat Sheridan, who pinch hit and struck out, is out in center field right now. He could have hurt himself on that diving catch out in the outfield, but as soon as we find out, we'll let you know. Top of the Yankee order, Campanaris, Nettles, and Pinella to face Black. That's exactly what happened. Jimmy Hunter very alertly called that on that great diving catch by Willie Wilson. His shoulders stiffened up. Rip foul again. It almost got Zim. The shooting for him today. Zimmer was hit hard. I think it was, was it out in camp, Kansas City or, yep. Winfield hit one that hit the umpire, and then he hit one that got Zimmer. Outside, a ball and two strikes on Campy. Campanaris has bounced to short and singled. Batting 351. This is some comeback story on Campanella. Bounces it in the hole. I mean, Campanera, that's a base hit. No chance for UL Washington. Did I say Campanella? I meant Campanaris. So Campy starts things off in the bottom of the sixth with an infield hit, Frank. UL Washington, a lot of range. Will backhand the ball, but he knows he can't throw him out. Just holds on to it. All right, that's only the fourth hit for the Yankees, but now it brings up the potential tying run. Greg Nettles, who has popped to third and hit back to the box. I think it's always an encouraging sign when your leadoff hitter gets on base when you're behind in a ball game. That's the first inning the Yankees have been able to do that, Frank, in the ball game. Oh, he gave Nettles his pitch, and Greg missed it. High slider. As Campanaris at first, Waffen holding him on. Foul in the upper deck on the third base side. 0 oh 2. Got him on another high slider, and Nettles is struck out. It's only the second strikeout for Black. Here's the pitch again. Looked like Nettles swung right through it. Yep. All right, Lou Pinella will be the batter. Lou twice has bounced out to third base. You know, Scooter, the Royals are in desperate need of pitching. I'm sure that uh, Dick Hauser, the Royals manager, is happy with the job he's getting from this young man, Bud Black, this afternoon. Well, the two times the Yankees have seen him, he's been rough, as you mentioned before. All right, Pinella now with Campanaris at first, and this is about the time Lou will shoot one between first and second. Got a big gap there with Watson holding Campanaris on and White over near second. High outside, ball one. Right. 
I think in a situation like this, but not until unless he gets two strikes on, we'll just look for a pitch he can drive. He will. Campanaris back. No time to get picked off in this spot. One ball, no strikes on Canelo. And no time for a ground ball either. No. Unless it finds a hole. Black made Pinello wait. Now Lou's making Black wait. Little game of psychology right here. Back upstairs and out of play. One on one. Pinello was trying to go to right field with that yes, ball. Yes, he was. He'll do it at least till he has two strikes on him, unless Black comes way inside to him. Blue's been losing his helmet today. Swinging, must have got a haircut. Helmet a little loose. And again, Lou pulled in Amos Otis right there. Just as Black was ready to pitch, Lou asked for time. Pinella's got an idea every time he goes to bat, Messi. He really does. Campanaris down to second base. The Yankees have the tying runs on now, and the guns are coming up. Baylor and Winfield. Yogi Berra having a little chat with Pinella, and they're going to have a huddle now with Black ready to pitch to Winfield, and the bullpen's going to get hot in a hurry. Well, Black has not pitched a complete game this year. He had pitched only 72 innings in his first 11 starts. Which averages out to uh, less than seven innings per ball game. Let's pause ten oh. seconds along the Yankee Baseball Network for station identification. Well, you caught a quick look of Mike Armstrong. Right-hander warming up in the Royals bullpen. He's a young man from this area, from Andes, New York, which is out on Long Island. And Boyer's uh, taking as much time as he can for his bullpen. Well, the Yankees will host the Detroit Tigers for three games, August 5th through 7th, highlighted by Skull Bandit Yankee Tote Bag Night on Saturday night, August 6th, and Bobby Mercer Day on Sunday afternoon, August 7th. So keep those dates in mind. Quisenberry is also going to get up in the Royals' bullpen. All right, Don Baylor is open two. He's flying to left and bounced to second. On Bobby Mercer Day, I hope somebody sends him a gift of a solid, could-be-gold-plated spittoon for him to get rid of his skull. Drive to deep left field. Holy cow! That's going to tie up the ball game. talk more about that spittoon for Mercer, Messer, because he has been. We're going to look at it again first, though. All right, that pitch is out over the plate. That's where they don't want to pitch Baylor. Let him open up, and he can drive that ball. He drives this one 430 feet off the wall. 
right there. Short hopped off the wall. Campanaris in to score. UL Washington plays the ball to third as Benella scores, and Baylor has a triple, two runs batted in, and it's a brand new ball game. What Baylor's bat has come alive of late, Scooter. Unbelievable. And Dave Winfield, the batter. But just a last thought on Bobby Mercer's spittoon, because he's been using cups that we drink coffee in, and I have nightmares thinking I might pick that up one day. All right, the infield's in. This is dangerous with Winfield up. He takes a strike. I'm surprised they don't call timeout and go and check their insurance policy. Yeah, and uh, also bring the right-hander in a pitch to Winfield. Well, Quisenberry is not throwing anymore, and Hood has started. Oh, go in the seats. Watanova, but he's going to run out of room. Nothing and two on Dave Winfield. One man out, and that quickly we have a tie ball game. You sort of get the feeling, Phil, that even though this young man pitched a strong nine innings against the Yankees in Kansas City, he may have a pattern of running out of gas. All right, there's Baylor at third. Zimmer telling him, heads up, don't be picked off. Rip off base hit. I want to tell you, that ball handcuffed Brent, Frank. And Winfield's gone in his second. He's out, but the run scores on the base hit. And the Yankees take a 4-3 to three lead. Here it is again. Hard hit ball. Brett was handcuffed by it. And Leon Roberts, as Baylor scores, Roberts will make a strong throw into second base. And even though Winfield goes head first, he is tagged out by Frank White. Boy, an exciting inning. Yankees lead it now 4-3. to three. And Steve Kemp, the batter. Fly to deep left center. Sheridan... One hands it. Oh, they did tattoo black that inning. Three big runs on four hits. Nobody left at the end of six as Frank Messer will carry you along. The Yankees four and the Royals three. We go to the seventh inning here at Yankee Stadium with the Yankees out in front for the first time in the ball game, four to three. The Yankees four runs, seven hits. The Royals three runs, ten hits. And it has been an errorless ball game. Well, Yankee fans are really happy, aren't they? Well, Dale Murray has the lead now. Let's see if he can hold it as he continues to work off the set position and nips the outside corner on Brett. He did some job, Frank, when he came in. Dale Murray did when he came in to replace Shane Raleigh back in the sixth inning. Boy, he did. He struck out uh, Sheridan on three pitches and got Washington on a ground ball off his glove. And that will be a base hit. Hit number 11. Here it is again. Well, uh, Dale just did not react to it. And off the tip end of his glove and bounces out to Roy Smalley at shortstop, but no play at first base. 
Well, just as I mentioned in the bottom half of the sixth, uh, if you're trailing in a ball game, it's always a good sign when that leadoff man gets on. Now the Royals have their leadoff man on, and their guns are up. McRae and Otis to follow. Well, it could be a little different story. Both of those guys are right-handed hitters, and now we got a right-handed pitcher out there, Dale Murray. Inside. Dale might have found out what his problem was, pitching from the stretch. Well, he told me, uh, Bobby, that he found out he could not pitch both ways. He could pitch winding up or he could pitch off the stretch, but he couldn't pitch from both positions. And they settled uh, with his work in the uh, bullpen with Jeff Torborg and Dom Scala. And we got to give Scala some credit out there for going out and working with these pitchers. They found out that his mechanics came back to him just working off the set position. Well, whatever it is, let's hope he keeps it up. Boy, I'll tell you. Took him half a season to find out what it was, but <laughs> if he can pitch the second half of the year, as we know he has pitched in the past, going to be a big, big plus. There's the ground ball. See if they can. Nope. Yeah, they do get two. I don't know. McCray didn't seem to get down the line too well. Smalley had trouble. Getting the ball out of his glove. He was not, McCray was not running well at all. I don't know if he's got a bad leg or what. Smalley kind of hesitates a little bit as he flips the ball on over to Campanaris at second base. And uh, he completes the double play easily. And McCray really wasn't running that well, Frank. I, when Smalley had trouble getting the ball out, I had no idea that they would get the double play. Yeah, and then I, I looked down and see McCray is not anywhere near first base. And Brett had made a big hard slide into second base, too. So maybe uh, McRae does have a slightly pulled muscle or something. And now Otis fouls one away off the right side. Either that or he was mad for hitting uh, the ball on the ground, the shortstop. And only McRae would know. Only McRae would know. Otis is one for three in this game. Great play by Balboni. Retired him in the second. No balls and two strikes. The Yankees are leading four to three. Dale Murray is now the pitcher of record. Murray will throw that good sinker. He'll throw a fork ball. That was a fork ball right there, and it was an excellent fork ball. It's, <laughs> they broke about, uh, looked like 10 feet. I know that's exaggerating a little bit, but that's the way it looked. Foul back. Fork ball will come, I guess, at about the same speed each time. Want it, Bobby, or can he change speeds on it? I think Dale Murray throws his fork ball uh, the same speed. He he throws a harder fork ball than and uh, normal guys. Uh, a lot of guys don't throw it as hard as he does. And it's fouled away back over the dugout. That'll be well back in the seats. In fact, it made the upper deck. Who was the first pitcher? Of note to have the fork ball. Delroy faced for a fork ball. Yes. That's right. That's right. He may not have been the first one of note, really, but that's where I first started hearing about it when Face compiled that great relief record. Struck him out. 
So Murray does the job here in the seventh, and in the middle of the seventh inning, the score, the Yankees four and the Royals three. We'll have a new pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, Mike Armstrong, and while he warms up, I'll have a chance to tell you the Yankees will host the Detroit Tigers for a three-game weekend series August 5th through 7th, highlighted by school bandit Yankee tote bag night and Bobby Mercer Day here at Yankee Stadium. All fans attending the game on Saturday night, August 6th, will receive a Yankee tote bag compliments of school bandit. And on Sunday afternoon, August 7th, one of the most beloved Yankees of all time, Bobby Mercer, will be honored here at the stadium on Bobby Mercer Day. Mike Armstrong, from right here in the greater New York area. Andy's New York, with a record of four wins, five losses, and two saves, making his 32nd relief appearance. 58 innings pitched, he's allowed 47 hits. Walk 25, struck out 27, which is not a good walk strikeout ratio for any pitcher. No, it is not, Frank. And uh, I'm not sure that Dick Hauser might be just uh, one or two batters short on Mike Armstrong. And a couple of right-handed hitters in the last inning uh, when the Yankees took the lead and they left, they chose to leave Bud Black out there, the left-handed pitcher, to take care of those right-handed hitters. And now Mike Armstrong comes in. He'll be pitching to Don Mattingly, who will pinch hit for Steve Balboni. Mattingly has a nine-game hitting streak, batting 293, one home run, 11 runs batted in. Ball one. You know, you talk about Mattingly's nine-game hitting streak and the way he sprays the ball around, he's a good hitter. Uh, Billy Martin's going to have uh, some decisions to make when he gets Griffey and Randolph back off the disabled list. I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions. Two balls and no strikes. Well, you know, speaking of uh, Mattingly's uh, hitting streak, he's a contact hitter. He does not strike out much. He uh, sprays the ball around and makes a lot of contact. That makes it two and one. There are the figures on Mattingly, very impressive. Big arms. Ball three. There are the figures on Mike Armstrong. field but right at the left fielder Leon Roberts and there's one out Bryce Smalley will turn around and become a left-hand batter he went one for two against Bud Black almost had two for two but Willie Wilson made a great catch on him and Wilson hurt his shoulder in making that diving catch and eventually had to leave the ball game Fly ball out into straightaway center field. Center fielder Sheridan hardly has to move for it. And there are two out. 
Bud Black went six innings, gave up four runs, all earned, seven hits. He did not walk anybody, and he struck out two. And Rick Cerrone, batting in the number nine spot. He's fly to center and robbed of a base hit on a great play by George Brett at third. In the dirt. The pitching line on Black. In addition to the three men the Yankees have on the disabled list, they have other nagging injuries that have not disabled the players. Weiniger and Gamble, both with groin injuries. Andre Robertson with a bruised hand. Reds lead the Mets four to two in the eighth inning. There we see uh, Bob Shirley, the left-hander, and Jay Howell, the right-hander, warming up for the Yankees now. And Cerrone takes a low breaking ball, two and one. Montreal has defeated Houston seven to three. Pittsburgh beat the Giants three to one in the first game of a doubleheader. No report on the second game. Cardinals lead the Dodgers three nothing, and they're in the eighth inning now. And it's the Cubs four, the Padres two in the seventh. Three and one on Cerrone. Been kind of gloomy all day. The sun looks like it wants to uh, peek out from under the clouds there. Trying to burn its way through. You're right, yeah. Bob. Cerrone draws a walk. So the Yankees have a runner with two outs, and that is the first walk issued to a Yankee batter this afternoon. We're told that Yankee trainer Gene Monahan aided in the rehabilitation of Dale Murray with a special diet. Murray shed a few pounds, six, I'm told, to be exact, which has possibly been a help. Campanaris, it's a fly ball to right field, and that should retire the side. Picked off by Otis. No runs, no hits, a walk, a man left. We completed seven with a score. The Yankees four and the Royals three. We'll take a quick look at the Texas series for the Yankees. The pitcher tomorrow night will be Dave Rigetti against Mike Smithson. Tuesday night, Ray Fontenot against Frank Tanetta. And Wednesday night, Matt Keogh against Charlie Hupp. We will televise the ball game Tuesday night here on the Yankee Television Network. Don Mattingly leaves in the ball game at first base. I also see Willie Mays Aikens come out on the uh, on deck circle for the Royals, so we might have a pinch hitter for uh, Leon Roberts. There's Willie Mays Aikens. And Wathen becomes a key man right here for the Royals. He takes a strike on the first pitch from Murray. Both times Wathen has been on base this afternoon, he has scored. He reached on a walk and then singled and came in to score runs number one and two, driven in both times by Frank White. <clears throat> two strikes on Wathen. There was the fork ball, it looked like to me, although I'm a long Might way away from it. More like a fastball. One of those uh, sinking fastballs that uh, 
There's Gene Monahan, who has put, uh, as you said, Dale Murray on a special diet. And if I keep ballooning up, I'm going to have to go down and have Monahan put me on a diet. I should have gone to him about 15 years ago. <laughs> Let's see, 15 years ago, I guess Gene Monahan might have still been bat boy for or clubhouse man for the Fort Lauderdale ball club. You'd have to go all the way down to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That's where he started. And to uh, start you on your program, he might have had you run down to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I could have uh, got part of the way. I couldn't do it anymore, <laughs> Bob. Oh, and two count on John Wathen. I'll be back and stays alive. All right, with an upstairs fastball. Well, Bobby Mercer, big day coming up for you here at Yankee Stadium. You looking forward to it on the 7th of August? I uh, never thought that uh, there would be a day for me here at Yankee Stadium, and uh, I consider it the biggest honor that I've ever had in my life. Well, I have to agree. It's, it's going to be a tremendous honor for you, Bob, and I'm just happy it's going to be coming up. August 7th, Bobby Mercer Day here at Yankee Stadium. I'll tell you, I've seen your fans, Bobby, when you come to bat over the last couple of years, give you that standing ovation, whether you got a hit or not, and I know they're all going to be out here on August 7th. Going to have a few Oklahomies here, too. All right. Uh-oh, nope, Campanaris is right there. One out. Going to have Oklahomans speaking Oklahomans. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's Willie Mays Aiken, so he's going to come into the game and take the place of Leon Roberts. Not in the field, but at the plate. Yep. No, nope, he won't take his place out in the outfield. Mr. Aikens is batting 324, nine home runs, 33 runs batted in. He is two for ten in this series. Strike one. Well, what a difference in Dale Murray over the early part of the season. Ball out of strike. It couldn't have happened better for the Yankees. The Yankees have got three key guys hitting the ball now. Winfield, uh, Baylor, and Kemp. And now it looks like they've got Dale Murray straightened out. And for the stretch run, that's got to be a big plus for the Yankees. In the air to left field, <clears throat> Kemp is after it. Up, oh, he's fooled. Buddy catches up to it. I don't know whether Kemp lost that ball for just a second or not, or whether he's just fooled by it. But he put on that late burst of speed and caught up with it. Well, I think he uh, lost the ball in the sun. The sun is trying to peek through the clouds now, and left field is the sun field here at Yankee Stadium during the daytime. And he did lose it there for a minute, but he recovered quickly and makes an easy play of it. All right, he flipped those glasses down. That's when I think he picked the ball up again after he flipped the glasses. Then's when he started really digging hard for it. There are two outs and Frank White, the batter, he's driven in two runs with a single and a triple and a ground out. Kemp asked Dave Winfield, he said, what about where do I play, uh, guys, in left field? <laughs> Dave says, uh, just look for my brown spot where I play. 
There's a big brown spot left field where Dave Winfield stands and most of the left fielders. The bunt picked up barehanded and he throws him out. Nice fielding play by Murray. And that will retire the side in order. And in the middle of the eighth inning, the score remains the Yankees four and the Royals three. All right, Frank, we've got some changes. Willie Mays Akins, who went in to uh, hit for Leon Roberts, goes into first base, and John Walton, who was playing first base, moves out to left field in place of Leon Roberts. All right, Bobby, and we'll go to the bottom half of the eighth inning with Nettles, Pinella, and Baylor scheduled up against right-hander Mike Armstrong. Greg is 0 for 3, hopped up, bounced to the pitcher, and struck out. Did, uh, was was Willie Mays Aikens named after Willie Mays? I'm sure he was, yes. Strange thing about it, uh, it's been noted that Willie Aikens does not like the name Willie Mays Aikens. I really don't know what, why. And what does he like? Willie? Willie. Mm -hmm. Well, if I can think of it, I won't call him Willie Mays Aikens anymore. I'll try to call him Willie. take a look at uh, the pitcher Armstrong ball and two strikes on Greg a lot of pitchers like to move that ball around in their hand that uh, they're trying to get that feel of the ball and uh, they'll wiggle and move the ball around in their hands a lot just to uh, establish a feel that's two and two The way that Armstrong uh, delivers a ball to the plate, he could be uh, pretty tough on right-handers. He's kind of a sidearm slinging type pitcher. And he works the count full. He throws both uh, the breaking pitch and his fastball from basically the same position, three-quarters or sidearm. That means a left-hand hitter would get a better look at it. Right. Walked in. Second walk given up by Armstrong, and the Yankees have the leadoff man on. The Yankees are out in front, four to three. And Lupinella will step in. Lou made a nice play back in the uh, sixth inning when uh, Baylor hit that ball deep to left center, and uh, he'd already made up his mind that they weren't going to catch it. That's the reason he was able to score on that triple. Good judgment on the bases. Strike one. He wheeled around her to bunt, but I don't know if he was going to slap at it or bunt it. Uh, First today's attendance, 33,944. 33944. Total for the three dates, 116,600. Total for the year, 49 dates, 1,303,000. Now he bunts it and foul. But <laughs> now. What was that act Manella put on down there? Uh, I don't know. That was a delayed bunt swing. We'll take a look at it here. He, he knew that he made a mistake, so he decided to take it out on the dirt. That's a kind of a funny way to bunt. I don't know that Lou bunts very uh, much. 
Normally a guy will slide the uh, top hand up towards the barrel of the bat to uh, attempt to bunt. Well, he has not bunted this year. We know that. Throws his bat at that one and fouls it back. Well, we're getting everything from Lou Padella today. That's what you call a protection swing. Mm -hmm. Might ask you which stance Vanilla is using now, Bobby. What number stance is this uh, one? Let me just take one quick look here. That looks like, uh, yep, that's 314. 314. 314. Okay. In the air to center field. That will not advance the runner. Nettles does go back and tag. He'll force a throw from the center fielder Sheridan. But the throw is true to second baseman Frank White, and Nettles stays at first, one out. I'm sure that, uh, Frank, that uh, Lou Pinnell will shelve stance 314 for a week or so. There's, there's the well, there's our attendance this afternoon, 33,944. So the three openings against Kansas City have drawn 115,600. Baylor pops it up on the right side, and Frank White will settle under it. Two down. I'm sure if the weather had not been threatening all morning, and we had some heavy rain all around the area earlier today, that this crowd would have been the third consecutive 40,000-plus crowd for the series. Here's Dave Winfield. Minnesota's now defeated... Uh, Who are they playing? They changed it. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Cleveland, <laughs> seven to five. <laughs> I was looking up there and I looked away and had changed the board on me. <laughs> and Cincinnati beat the Mets four to two. We told you earlier, Montreal tripped Houston up seven to three. Cardinals beat the Dodgers three zip. Winfield up. Had an average attendance of thirty-eight thousand five hundred thirty-three for game uh, per game for this three date four game series not too shabby now somebody can tell me how far Winfield hit that home run into the monuments out there his first time up got to be 450 or 460 yeah at least scooter said he thought about 470 to 75 broke his bat he's going to get a base hit splittered the bat and Nettles is going to go to third Winfield goes halfway to second and retreats as the throw comes in Winfield has his third hit of the game. Well, we'll take a look at it. He was fooled a little bit. The pitch was way on the outside part of the plate. He just actually just threw his bat at it. And, uh, but he happened to get a good part of the ball, and we see Greg Nettles going uh, from first to third. The ball was not hit that hard out into center field, and it took the uh, center fielder Sheridan a long time to get to it. But well, that's where Winfield's home run went, Bobby. Well, we've got it covered. We say 450, 460, or 470. So uh, take your pick. I, I just settled for a $6 cab ride. <laughs> Winfield may not have been too happy being dropped down to the number five spot in the batting order. Took it out on the baseball this afternoon and the Royals pitchers. Steve Kemp 0 for 3. Runners first and third, two outs. Uh, Mr. Armstrong spins the ball around. Gets the right grip he wants. 
Ball one to Kemp. Kemp went four for four in one game of the series. Don Hood is up for Kansas City. Don Hood is now up in the Kansas City Royal bullpen. Nice play by the catcher slot. And uh, the Yankees seem to have some action out in their bullpen. It looked like George Frazier, a right-hander, and Bob Shirley, the left-hander. We'll take a look at this pitch down in the dirt. And a nice play by uh, the catcher slot. There's Bob Shirley. Uh, excuse me, that's Jay Howell, the right-hander, warming up. Two ball, no strike count on Kemp. He had those four hits last night. Four for four night for Steve. Popped it up on the left side and third baseman Brett. Hardly had to take a step. That will retire the side. The Yankees get no runs, have one hit. They leave two on, and at the end of eight, it's the Yankees four, the Royals three. All right, Frank, we've got some changes in the Yankee outfield. Steve Kent moves from left field to right field. Jerry Mumphrey now goes in to play center field for the Yankees. And uh, Dave Winfield moves from center field back in his old position, left field. So he'll pick up the brown spot out there now. He knows exactly where it is. And as I look at him, he's playing right on it. Yes, he is. Don Slot leads up. And evidently took the bat away. No strike call made. I remember when Frank Howard played left field for the Washington Senators. He would move back and forth and have a patch of grass just worn completely out. He never stood still a second. One of the most nervous men I ever saw in the outfield. Two balls and no strikes. Well, he was a big enough guy to wear a patch out or a, he could wear a hole in the outfield. Wasn't he? He'd come to spring training and put uh, weights on his shoes for all spring training. Put about a three five pound weight on each shoe grounds it right at Smalley Roy waits on it knows he has plenty of time and throws him out one away the Yankees are leading by a score of four to three one away here in the top of the ninth. how much did Frank Howard weigh oh 300 right around 300 I think they listed his plane weight somewhere around 270 280 my goodness he didn't need any leg weights he did it. He, he would uh, do that to take off weight, really, in spring training, as the story was circulated. Two guys seemed to come awful heavy to spring training were Frank Howard and Boog Powell. Yeah. Powell come, came in one year at 300 pounds. That's Sheridan. He is the first man Murray faced when he relieved uh, Shane Raleigh in the sixth inning, and he struck Sheridan out on three pitches. Ball and a strike. Dell Murray's got good location on his ball now. He threw him a good fork ball on the outside part of the plate, and then he tried to bust the fastball in on him. He looks comfortable on the mound. That's in the upper deck out of play. Ball and two strikes. I never did like to face Dale Murray. I didn't like uh, I didn't like that fork ball that he had. I didn't like that uh, hard sinker that he threw. What, was, what pitch was it you hit for the home run that broke his consecutive? Fastball. Fastball? Yep. That evens a count two and two. 
three and two. 247 and a third innings without allowing a home run until he threw a fastball to you. That's a lot of innings pitched. And oh, Mattingly, how about that play? I never thought he'd get that one. Well, look at the high fives in the stands over that one. Well, this is a line drive right at Mattingly, and uh, he times this ball perfectly and makes a tremendous leap in the air. And that saves a double for the Yankees. Great play by Don Mattingly. He's a good defensive first baseman. He came to play, didn't he? All right, there are two down. Oh, what a play by Mattingly. I don't think Mattingly likes uh, Columbus that well. He probably likes the town, but he knows that there's only one place to play, and that's in the big leagues. That's right. Well, he's got that 100% right. <laughs> UL Washington tries to butt himself on and fouls it up. UL is 0 for 4 and 1 for 17 in the series. You know, George Brett was uh, 0 for 10 before he got his uh, single up back in the first inning. Yeah. 0 for 10 is like a major slump to a guy like George Brett. That's right. Well, he might just uh, moving Kemp back a little bit in right field. So it appeared. Kemp took a couple well, of steps. Well, the thing you want to do here, Frank, is not uh, let anybody. We just take a look at Billy Martin there, and we they don't want to give anybody an extra base hit if they can afford not to. So they'll try to uh, they'll play a little deeper now. The outfielders were than they than they would uh, early in the ball game because they want to keep the ball in front of them. Now uh, Billy wants Kemp to go more towards center and move to his right. That's what he wanted. Now Kemp sidling to his right. No ball, two strike count on Washington. Two outs. The Yankees lead 4-3. Listen to the fans in the background and look at them. They want this strikeout, Frank, and I know Del Murray wants it too. Round ball and Smalley cannot get it. Base hit for Washington. What a big base hit by UL Washington. And the reason for that is is because it brings up George Brett. Well, Billy Martin is on his way out to the mound. And we take a look at Goose Gossage, who is now up in the Yankee bullpen. Looks like Billy has signaled to the bull, bullpen. And I assume that it will be Goose Gossage. It'll be coming into this ballgame. That's who he wants. And it will be Gossage. So Dale Murray will leave and Gossage will come in. Well, Murray, who relieved in the sixth inning, has just given up only his the second hit. But that ball by Sheridan was hit hard, the one that Mattingly made the great play on. And Billy may feel that Murray has run out of gas here. I don't know. Anyway, he wants Gossage to pitch to Brett with a tying run at first base and two outs. This is going to be a challenge. Gossage and Brett. They've had it before. Yep, and Gossage has won some and Brett has won some. It's probably even up. Well, while we wait for the goose to come in, I'll remind you uh, that the Yankees will host the Detroit Tigers for a big three-game weekend series August 5th through 7th, highlighted by Skull Bandit, Yankee Tote Bag Night, and Bobby Mercer Day here at Yankee Stadium. All fans attending the game on Saturday night, August 6th, 
will receive a Yankee tote bag, compliments of Skull Bandit. And on Sunday afternoon, August 7th, one of the most beloved Yankees of all time, Bobby Mercer, will be honored here at Yankee Stadium when it will be Bobby Mercer Day. So don't miss these two special days. Something that I'm glad to see, uh, Frank, the fans gave Dale Murray a big hand here. He's pitched well for the Yankees the last four or five outings that he's had, and uh, as everybody knows, that he struggled throughout the uh, first part of the season. And uh, the fans coming to their feet, letting Dale Murray know that, that they appreciate the job that he's done. You know, Bobby Mercer, as a player, you know it. As a broadcaster, I know it. Yankee fans are among the most knowledgeable in the world. And true, when, when you don't perform well, they will get down on you. But they're not front runners. When you perform well, they're with you. I think they can uh, they can appreciate they can appreciate an injury. They can appreciate a player going out there when he's hurt and giving every effort he has got in him. And I think it's uh, fans here in New York City are just really great, great fans. They're the greatest fans in all of baseball and all of sports, probably. Uh, like you said, uh, they're very knowledgeable and probably the most knowledgeable sports fans around anywhere in the country. When you do bad, they let you know. When you do good, they certainly let you know, too. That's right. They do. And for the most part, they are very, very fair. All right, here's the challenge. Brett with the bat and Gossage with the ball. Brett is two for four in this game. The tying run is at first base and two out. Deep left field, but slicing foul. And both Gossage and I can heave a sigh of relief. UL Washington back to first base. The Yankees with a one-run lead. It's gone. And now the Royals have the one run lead. George Brett has just homered, and Billy Martin and the Yankees want the bat. Look at Martin. Well, what they're talking about, Frank, is that he's got too much pine tar, and uh, you've got to have a certain amount of distance from the trademark of the bat and the pine tar. And Nettles is leaving the field as if the game is over. No, he's just coming in. I'm not sure. Uh, they might have a legitimate uh, gripe, and the umpires are going to get together. George Brett looking around and wanting to know what's going on, and the umpires are going to get together and talk about this thing. Well, Billy Martin bounced right out of the I've, dugout. I've seen it called before, Frank. You are not allowed to have a substance of any of any kind above the trademark. And I can't tell from here because everybody's huddled around the bat. I cannot tell from here if it's uh, up too far. And now they're both they're off they're feeling it. See, as if there's a, some sticky stuff around there. That's Nick Bremigan with the this bat. This is right going to be an interesting call. Well, Brett isn't sure whether he has a home run yet or not. Now the umpires are going to walk away and talk about this and go over the rules and examine the bat 
See where the pine tar, see the label, the trademark is? Yep. See the brown substance there? It does look that's, like that's, it's a That's pine tar. It looks like it is. Now, you are not allowed to have that pine tar up that far on the back. Billy Martin walking around, uh, waiting for the, uh, which might be an important decision. First time in a long, long Let's time see. I've seen the umpires huddle this long and have a meeting over it. Well, they're going to see what's going to happen. They're going to. Now that is the plate umpire, Tim McClellan, with the bat in his hand. Now they're going to measure it across home plate. Well, I, I've never, I've never seen this. I never have either. I don't know what I don't know what they're measuring. They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at look at this. Brett is out. And he's steaming mad. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. And the Yankees have won the ball game four to three. Brett is called out for using an illegal bat or with the illegal substance on the bat. Like I said, I have seen this before, Frank, and uh, Gaylord Perry just took the bat away from home plate umpire Jim McClellan. He's going to take the bat. They're going to take it so they cannot take it into the American League office or wherever they take it to be examined. Well, a Yankee security uh, person and uh, one of the umpires quickly are chasing whoever has the bat. Jose Martinez is holding Brett. Bobby, I've never seen this in my life. Well, I've seen players uh, called out for using an, an illegal bat, uh, but never, never saw an important hit by a home run and then been called out to put the Royals ahead. George Brett was fighting mad, and uh, whether he has a cause to be mad or not, I don't have any idea. Uh, the umpires made a decision. Bobby, let me say this to you. The fact that they tried to take the bat away and secrete the bat lends credence to the umpire's call in my estimation. It could be because what will happen, Frank, is that the umpires will take that bat and examine it, and we still see Dick Hauser and George Brett. They're still arguing the call now with Rocky Calavito has moved in there. It, it, I have to feel the fact that they would not allow the bat to be claimed by the umpires would certainly lend credence to the decision to call Brett out. I would have to agree with you, Frank, because uh, they took a long time to make this decision. They talked it over two or three times. We take a look at home plate umpire Jim McLeland, who made the call. And uh, I, he might be waiting there for that bat to be retrieved. I'm sure with a controversial call like this that they will try to take this bat and uh, have the American League office or whoever might be concerned. They probably want that bat examined. What a call. I have, like you said, I have never seen a call made like that for, for it to be such an important call and deciding a ball game. I never have either. I have seen, uh, well, I saw Greg Nettles lose a base hit, but his bat split, and they discovered cork in the bat. I broadcast that game. 
I think that is the only other time I have seen an illegal bat discovered during the course well, of the Well, I've game. also seen bats that have nails that have been put in it uh, to hold it to, to keep it from chipping. But for a foreign substance to be on a bat, which uh, they concluded, I guess, that the pine tar was too far up on the bat and not allowed to be around and that close to the trademark. And so, the fact they laid the bat across home plate is just like using a yardstick or a tape measure. They know exactly how well, wide. Well, what, what I think happened there was, Frank, is that they were trying to decide if the contact of the ball made any uh, contact with the pine tar being that far up on the bat. In other words, judging uh, George's red stance to where he would have made contact with the ball. So I'll be darned. I have never in my life seen anything like this. I've said it, Bobby, so many, many times. You never go to a ball game that you don't see something you've never seen before. Not as dramatic as this, granted, but I have never seen it before. We'll be back, but, well, we... Uh, for the benefit of our network, the final score, the Yankees for the Royals three, we'll be back. Well, I'll say it again to you, Bobby Mercer. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Let me make it very definite to all our viewers. The Yankees have won the ball game by a final score of four to three. As George Brett hits what appeared to be a leading a home run that would give the Royals a five to four lead. I've got I've got to feel, Bobby, uh, uh, that Rick Cerrone may have been the first one to complain about the bat. Now, you, of course, you won't do it until the man gets. If, if Brett had made out, they would have said anything. That's a very good point, and I know that uh, during the days when I played, that uh, if we thought a guy was using an illegal an illegal bat, that uh, if there was a base hit, that's when they would uh, have the umpire check it out. If they didn't get a base hit, they wouldn't say anything about it. All right, let's go back to the replay quickly. Uh, Don Carney is going to show it again. Here is Brett at the plate. Now, there was no doubt that when George Brett hit that ball that it was going to be a home run. And I'm sure when the umpires measured the bat across the plate, they were trying to determine whether the ball hit the part of the pine tar, if the pine tar had any connection with the ball when it hit the bat. Uh, because they were judging his stance, the distance, and where he would be striding into the ball to make a contact. Well, there's Brett down the line, steps on the plate, and everybody thought, but now Cerrone and Martin are out there. Now, Cerrone is the one, I'm sure, of that alerted uh, the umpire to the fact that uh, he thought Brett was using an illegal bat. Uh, a lot of times, uh, as we can see, the umpire, Jim McClellan, the home plate umpire, taking the bat out, and now the umpire's are going to go out and have their first meeting and George Brett is looking on right now nobody knows what the decision is going to be but I I can guarantee you there's probably from the Royals going to be protest upon protest about this play well I one question uh, we do not know the answer to is whether or not the bat was reclaimed by the umpires the last time I saw the bat it was in the hands of uh, one of the Royals headed for, we presume, the clubhouse with a Yankee security person in hot pursuit along with an umpire. Well, I, I'm not sure that it makes any difference because it's, an un, it's a judgment uh, call by the umpires. And it's strict. It, the facts are that you cannot use an illegal bat and have foreign substance on it, which makes it in an illegal bat. And uh, they're determining, trying to determine now whether that foreign substance 
which uh, I assume that is pine tar, is up too far up on the bat towards the label. Meanwhile, everybody relaxed on the Kansas City Royals bench, but they won't be relaxed for long, Billy. Now, the umpires have told Martin and the Yankee players just to leave them alone and let them decide this themselves. There's Gossage and Nettles. And side uh, of blue in the middle of the picture there with his arms folded. Now McClellan walking back toward home plate with bat in hand, Bramigan and Brinkman with him. We could almost tell there by Billy Martin's reaction that there was going to be some kind of a call in favor of the Yankees. Uh, now that's where they're measuring the bat, Frank, and trying to determine uh, where George Brett Stance is. Well, they've got the handle of the bat, though, the opposite way. Brett, a left-hand hitter, I think they might have measured no, it that, the other way. No, if they'd have no. measured it from there, it'd have been too far out. They're trying okay. to determine whether... There is. There now the out call. That was the out call, and here comes Brett. Now, the only uh, the only thing about it is, and, uh, you know, George is not too happy, and I can see uh, why he wouldn't be too happy as he's restrained by the other umpires, that uh, I don't know if he made contact with any of the other umpires there, so uh, we'll have to wait and see what that decision is going to be, too. All right. Again, we'll tell everybody, and we'll be back with more on this ball game. The final score, Yankees 4 and Royals 3. Well, Bobby Mercer, my last words on that telecast of uh, July 24th were the Yankees have won the ball game 4-3. to three. Whether you agreed with me or not, I don't really remember. <laughs> but, as you know, we sort of fouled that one up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to try to straighten it out tonight. The Yankees did not win the ball game 4-3. League President Lee McPhail ruled it was a legal home run by George Brett, and that's why we're here at Yankee Stadium tonight to pick up this game in the top half of the ninth inning with two outs and the Royals now leading 5-4. to four. You know, it was earlier today we weren't going to play this ball game, and then all of a sudden, uh, after another ruling by a higher judge, uh, I guess brought on by the American League office, they decided that, well, his say was the number one say so here we are today to finish this ball game and we have a new theme song here at yankee stadium eddie layton quickly learned how to play in the blue ridge mountains of virginia on the trail of the lonesome pine let's take a look at the yankees defensive alignment right now which may furnish you a surprise or two ken griffey is at first base don mattingly is at second base Bert Cabaneras was there. Roy Smalley is at shortstop. He was there in the original game. And at third base, Greg Nettles. Dave Winfield is in left field. Now watch this next shot. Ron Guidry is in center field. That's Guidry playing center. And the right fielder is Steve Kemp. The catcher has to be Butch Weiniger because Rick Cerrone has an eye infection. Cerrone was in the July 24th game but unable to play tonight. And on the mound for the Yankees, right-hander George Frazier, and he'll be pitching to Hal McRae, who was on deck when Brett hit the two-run homer. Well, that's quite a lineup, Frank. <laughs> uh, I guess for one out, I who knows? This might be something new. This might be the turnaround. This is the second time in his career Ron Guidry has played center field, his career in the major league. Yeah, you remember who he took out of center field the last time? Oh, wait a minute. And a field play to first base. Well, and this allowed, and here comes Martin. Well, we, we must tell this, the fans this, that uh, these are not the same umpiring crew that was here before. Uh, tonight's umpiring crew uh, is uh, Dave Phillips, George Maloney, Rick Reed, and Tim Wilkie. 
who were the umpires of the last night's game and the series before they go to appeal to second base now. Smalley steps on second, and again, the now uh, Billy Martin's coming around. out of the dugout. All right, now Billy can come out and say, wait a minute, fellas. How do you know that Brett touched second base because you were not here? That's right. They cannot officially, I don't think they can officially give him a ruling because they were not here, so they didn't see it. Now, the last umpires that were here before this, uh, before the original game was Tim McClellan. He was behind the plate. Drew Cobalt, Nick Brimigan, and Joe Brinkman. And those four gentlemen are not here tonight. This is a new umpiring crew. So Billy Martin is out there, I assume, making a protest, uh, saying, look, uh, we saying that Brett missed the bases. I'm, I have an idea that Dave Phillips right there, Bobby, may have a sworn affidavit from one of the umpires in the other crew. Of course, the umpires in the league office, if we knew this was going to happen, I'm sure they knew it was going to happen. So we add just a little more drama to the infamous Pine Tar game. We might not be through yet. We might have a couple more. <laughs> well, a handful of people here at Yankee Stadium. Of course, the judge did not uh, rule until about quarter of four this afternoon, the final ruling that the game would be played. Well, I would assume and that. It's, got, it's being played under protest. Right. We just got the sign. There it is, the peace sign from the plate umpire, in this case, George Maloney, that Billy Martin has protested this ball game. Undoubtedly, that was not a, a sworn affidavit by the other umpire. Well, I don't think any of us are surprised that Billy did that or the no, Yankees did that. No, uh, he would have a right to do that because uh, this is a different umpiring crew. And there's the crowd here tonight, uh, all 34 of them. And Billy Martin uh, just returned back to the dugout after making that protest. So maybe sometime we will get this first pitch underway. What do you guess we'll get this game finished? <laughs> Finally out of the books. We might as well book. tell everybody they had the tarp on right about 10 minutes before this game started. There was a thunder shower in the area. And a strike is called on Hal McRae as we do start playing. The first pitch of this game was thrown at 6 minutes past 2 o'clock on Sunday, July 24th. go down in the books as longest game in history about <laughs> no not really there have been suspended games picked up after a greater length of time I tell you I've never seen anything like it I've been connected with baseball in some capacity for well let's see 30 years now and I've never seen anything like it two balls and a strike on McCray McCray in this game has gone 0 for 3 Grounded to third, walked, glide to center, and grounded into a double play. This might be the shortest televised game that you've ever done, though. Out of play. Not if we count the first nine innings. I mean, in one particular day. <laughs> I'm not going to get technical, please. Hey, <laughs> there's the Royals bench. That might yeah. be the replacements for, uh, we might mention that George Brett and uh, Rocky Colavito and Gaylord Perry are not here tonight. They were, they were, they were ejected from the ball game and suspended from this game, so they are not here tonight. Dick Kowser also is not in uniform. He was ejected too. If McCray gets a base hit, he'll have a 15-game hitting streak. Just for the books. I'll tell you, the, uh, one of the owners of the Kansas City Royals is here. Uh, 
watching the ball game. Avron Fogelman, who bought 49% of the stock from Ewing Kaufman earlier this year. Billy Martin, the Yankee skipper. Colavito and Perry are on their way to Baltimore. Struck him out, and that retires the side. In the top half of the ninth inning, the Royals scored two runs on two hits. There were no Yankee errors, and nobody left on base. In the middle of the ninth, five Kansas City for the Yankees. The announcement was made that the four umpires who were here for the original game, McClellan, Coble, Brinkman, and Bremigan, did sign a notarized affidavit stating that George Brett touched every base on his home run. Well, I guess we've covered all the legal ramifications of this ball game. Well, do you reckon we have or not? I don't know. If we do, if we don't, we'll uh, we'll find out later. All right, here's the catcher. He is Don Slot, and the pitcher is supposed to be Mike Armstrong, but that is Quisenberry. Uh, yeah. They had announced that Armstrong would start, but Quisenberry is on the mound. There's a lot of drama around the first Yankee hitter. Don Mattingly will lead off the bottom half of the ninth inning. If Mattingly should get a base hit, Bobby Mercer, he would establish a new record for consecutive game hitting streak for a rookie in the major leagues. If he gets a base hit here, we are told it would count as a continuation of his hitting streak, which would give him 25. The streak now ended. The previous record, 23 consecutive games by Mike Vale of the Mets in 75. Ball one. Well, his streak, his streak, his last uh, hitting streak was about 15 games, right? And so this will be a continuation, if he gets a hit now, of another 10 games that lapsed in between that period of time. Right. This is the one game out of the 25 he did not have a hit. He's been to bat only once. And it's a ball and a strike. Mattingly lined out to left. After replacing Steve Balboni, he came to bat in the seventh inning. Two balls and one strike. Well, I'm sure both teams feel, well, if we got to be here, we might as well go ahead and win it. Out a fly ball, and that will end the streak. Sheridan is there for the catch, and Mattingly's hitting streak, unless the Yankees tie it up and he should come to bat again, his hitting streak has ended. One out in the bottom half of the ninth. And now Roy Smalley. Oscar Gamble has moved out on deck. Gamble will bat for Guidry. Smalley has played the entire game, or did on the 24th, all the way at shortstop. Fly to center, single to center, and fly to center again. Ball one. I suppose you could have done uh, one of two things. If the first two guys got on, you might have could have let Gidry bump the guys over. <laughs> could have. <coughs> Prison barrier at this moment. That is including the game since July 24th through night before last when he last pitched. Quisenberry has won five, lost one, and saved 32 games. He, this is his 51st appearance. 106 innings, 98 hits, 
10 walks, 38 strikeouts. Two balls and a strike. The count to Roy Smalley. We might mention that Willie Wilson was in and out of this game, so was Leon Roberts, so they are not eligible. In the end, left field. And Simpson on the warning track. Two down. Two outs in the bottom half of the ninth. The Royals are leading by a score of five to four. Gamble will bat for Ron Guidry. Oscar's hitting 286. Well, <laughs> after all this time and after all the media attention and everything that's gone on in the courts, it comes down to one man, Oscar Gamble. The Yankees now have two outs. All one. All the drama was built up to this particular point right now. Yep. Boils down to Gamble and Quisenberry. Gamble has hit seven home runs this year. 22 RBIs. And that may do it. Frank White over to John Waffen, and the fine draw game is over. The Yankees are three up, three down here in the bottom half of the ninth inning. The final score, the Kansas City Royals 5 and the New York Yankees 4, I think. <laughs>